0: I think when X Men get revealed and the younger X Men start hanging out with New York people, I think we'll see her back again. Yeah,
1: I also wow. just I love that Peter has no idea what to say here. Like he could say literally just anything to make it a little better, and he mm-hmm. just can't. Yeah. And he like he leaves it up to Liz to like do all the emotional lifting in this moment, which is a very,
2: it's still very Peter Parker. You know what I mean? He's like,
3: ah, yeah. uh, sorry. Like you're right.
2: Fuck. Uh, Martin Starr and the team celebrate being national champs. Uh, he appoints Michelle uh, as the deba- as the new head of the debate club, and she tells everyone, "Oh, by the way, my friends call me MJ." Hey, uh, what?
3: Yes.
4: Love
5: it. I, Hated.
2: I like it only because it's a little bit of a payoff for she. But Ned goes, "I thought you didn't have any friends." She goes, "Well, I didn't, but now I do, obviously."
5: Yeah. Uh,
2: Andy, you don't like it?
5: I don't hate the fact that she. I just, it's more of like it just feels like a forced.
2: Yeah, why not call MJ
5: from the beginning? I wish you it was just yeah, MJ the
2: whole time. time. Yeah. Like I don't. It's weird they felt the need to have a reveal there, especially since we're like that's some day, like that's MJ. We know that's MJ. We know, yeah. Not, that or, that was know, the whole thing. Forward. I remember
1: enti- around this entire thing, everybody was like, no, she's she's Mary Jane. She's she's absolutely Mary Jane. Yeah. And they were just like, no, 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 she's not. And I wonder if it's just because number one, they didn't want the movie. Like if I'm being cynical, they did not want the movie getting pre-release blow black, Blowback of having uh mj be a person of color like sorry i think they were worried that that was going to happen uh and so they didn't want people hating the movie before they saw the movie and number two they also probably did not want uh want people to feel like mj was underused maybe or mm-hmm. ignored throughout this movie i don't know
2: maybe they just didn't want to grade to bring back the smash the dunce joke because god forbid us
5: mm-hmm. do oh
2: that one, one more time on a piece of content greg miller I, I think
5: I think another issue I have with it is that um, I it feels like she's the new kid in school. Yeah, like I would understand that line if she had just moved in and she was like this random new person. And obviously she's very distant from everybody, so she might as well be a new kid in school. But I would have I, I could have easily done with just uh oh just call me NJ. Instead of, like, my friends call me MJ, wink at this crowd, and the crowd goes, oh, cool. Like I, just, um.
2: I think they tried to set her up as an outsider that didn't have any friends, but all of the stuff that happened during the movie speaks otherwise. She yeah. hangs out with all the debate Kids. She's around. She goes to the party. People know who she is. So you're right, Andy. It, it, it does stick out a little bit. Um, but, hey, eh, we got our MJ, and we're happy with her. So. for that, Mom, this movie's trash. <laughs> <laughs> it it remind, it remind me of
6: like I think the reason I like it is because it gave me the same exact feeling of the end of Dark Knight Rises. When Joseph gordon It was like, oh, man, my name's actually Robin. I forget the exact line because it's been so long. Oh, yeah. Why don't like, you go oh, yeah. by your
1: legal name? It's Lovely or something. Yeah, it's like yeah. my name is actually Robin. Robin,
2: that's why. That's why I don't go by that name.
1: <laughs> I'm a like,
2: cop, for Christ's sake. <laughs> and like, at the time it got me. At the
1: time I was like, oh, shit, that's that's a sidekick. Robin. <laughs> I'm Officer Robin Fauntleroy McBlueberry. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you can't go by that name. Like, Robin. <laughs> Not in Gotham. You just see him in a, a
6: future movie. They never
1: existed. <laughs>
2: Uh, anyway, the next day. Oh no, sorry. Uh, here we go. Uh, Pete gets a text from an unknown number telling him to go to the bathroom. Love this. I love, by the way, that his phone is so cracked. It looks like webs. It's cool. I don't know mm-hmm. if they did that intentionally I'm sure they did. Uh, and this scene gets interrupted by the kids from the chest. The chess club. Oh so good. So watch good. again. stare, out. man. Holy shit. So funny. Uh, and he says, boss wants to talk to you." We gotta head upstate. What's upstate, Tim? Avengers Complex. That's right. Mm-hmm. Brand new, flashy Avengers headquarters that we'll see throughout throughout the rest of the movies, uh, and this seems awesome. Uh, Tony greets him and tells him he's sorry he took his suit, uh, but it was a perfect, you know, tough love moment. He says, "I was wrong about you. I think." Uh, We were a little more mentoring – I think with a little bit more mentoring, you could be a real asset to the team. And this is where Peter's like, oh, my God, I'm getting called up. And he says, listen, there's 50 reporters behind that door. He gives Peter – he's like, I'm going to get you in this new suit, and we're going to introduce you as the newest member of the Avengers. And the suit is so dope. This is the Iron Spider suit, right? Mm -hmm. It's a play on it, but yeah. yeah. So cool. Uh, Peter, of course, thinks about it for a second, and then he thanks Tony for the offer, and he says, I'd rather – Stay on the ground for a little while, echoing uh, Tony's sentiment earlier. Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, you know, somebody's got to look out for the little guy. And then uh, Tony's like, I dig it, man. Kind of springsteen working-class hero vibe. I dig <laughs> it. Uh, and he's like, thanks, Mr. Stark. And Peter heads back to the car. But as he does, he, uh, he uh, thought, he goes, that was a test, right? There's, there's nobody back there. And Tony's like, yeah, you got me, kid, whatever. Uh, of course, Happy's like, I told you he was a good kid. And, and Tony's like, yeah, you write about him all along. Uh, oh, and well, then a second man. later, Pepper comes out. And it was, in fact, a press conference. <laughs> And that's such a great room. She's like, "What's happening? What's going on? Uh, Where's the and
4: kid?" Yeah.
2: And where she's like, "Where's the kid?" He goes, "Well, he doesn't want to do it." And she's like, "You messed this up, didn't you?" This is a perfect moment. Um, she's like, "Well, I go tell him something." And and Tony goes, "Hey, how about that?" He's like, "Happy? Do you still have that ring?" And he goes, "I've been carrying this ring since 2008." And they both give him just the weirdest look, I'm like, "What?" Pepper, of course, is like, "I'm annoyed by all this. I'll go make up some other excuse." And as Tony follows her back into the room, he looks over like Happy, who flings him the ring are so like, oh, that's awesome. He's going to in front of the whole press.
1: It's kind of interesting that we do get, you know, like, like we were saying in the beginning, we do get some big Tony Stark life moments in this thing and some big like, okay, Avengers Compound well, is
3: being
2: built. And also like. Would, this might have been the first time that he actually like made out with Pepper, right? Or was that before this?
1: No, they've get they they've kissed right.
2: before, but yeah.
1: the idea that he's got the idea that he's got like an engagement ring ready at all times, the right. idea that he's trying to be like a little bit of a father figure to Peter in the best way that he knows how, it's like they let John Watts put a lot of good like Iron Man MCU stuff in this Spider Man comedy.
0: Like yeah. it's kinda wild. Tim doesn't like this. I
3: don't no, know. No, I, I
0: love made. I love all that stuff. I, I just don't like the proposal. I feel like Tony and Pepper's proposal should have been a little bit more uh, right. I think it's I feel I just feel like Pepper deserves a little bit better than just like uh, hey, hey I guess we're doing this now. It's like I I don't know
5: I didn't like it like I like every joke, but I feel like they played this really serious thing Tim, as a joke here. Just admit that you've always been in love with her. You've never happy with her that she fell she fell with Tony. Okay, that's you what was, it is. You've always been her is. friend, but you've always been in love with her, Tim. I, I just yeah. – I
0: don't like it because it, it just feels a little bit weird. But the well, I, compound I, thing
5: – I, I don't
1: think this is the real proposal, though. Like, I don't think – whatever that real proposal was or whatever, I, I think that happened elsewhere. I think this is just, like, a thing where it, like, got first brought up, and I'm sure, like, whenever it actually happened, it was a real moment. But I get what you're saying. See, my, it read, on
5: it,
0: my read on it is, like, they – like, he did a whole showy proposal thing in front of the journalist, right? Like, that's
6: what See, they I,
1: didn't get, I, mean, I think I'm – No, I'm, I'm, I, I, I got to say, he shut it down. Me. She definitely yeah. shut it down. Like that did not. She shut it down.
2: I just, I like. Yeah. I think the ring flick was just like Tony being cheeky. I think I my read on it was he was like I'm keeping this ring for later.
0: No, like, he definitely yeah. proposed to her. That that was the whole thing of like oh. they needed to do something to no,
1: replace the announcement of Spider Man. Like, Pepper immediately goes after she sees the ring. She's like, I'll think of something else. And then they say we've got all the time in the world. Remember, like we're not worried about time. So I don't think it happened at the press conference. Yeah, I think they purpose,
6: mm. got, purposely keep it kind of in yeah,
1: I is don't like happen. it. I think this is just to show us as an audience that Tony has grown enough that he's, he's out, thinking he's about doing
3: right. this. Yes. That's
1: me.
5: all. I love Nick and Matthew. Okay, Tim doesn't like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Everyone with the Adventures,
0: the compound thing, like this – this is like the fifth time we've seen this compound. Just now, it's like officially being turned into well, Avengers' place, right?
5: Because yeah. we've seen this place in Ant Man, we've seen it in Civil War, Civil War, we've seen it in Age of oh, Ultron. Right,
2: right, right. I'm sorry. In the
5: in the Homecoming Wikipedia page, you know, this proposes the Pepper Potts. <laughs> I mean, I'm no.
2: telling you, it, it, I believe it happened. There, well, Especially no, you of the timeline with
3: Infinity War. Rauncher, so I
1: mean, you can you can count that as you can count that moment as a half assed proposal. I think. But I don't think it's the real one. I think Pepper held out for a real one there.
2: Either way, Peter comes back to his humble house. And finds See why we bag.
1: say there's too much Iron Man in this movie? Look at how much we're talking about this.
2: <laughs> I mean, again, no such thing as, a, as too much of a good thing. Uh, Peter comes back and he finds that brown bag that says, this belongs to you, and it's from Tony Stark. And it is his original costume that he has back. And, of course, he triumphantly tries it on, and he looks at himself, and he's like, damn it, I'm back, I'm Spider-Man. As the camera dollies around to reveal behind him, Aunt May come into frame, and she looks at him and goes, what the
3: fuck? <laughs> With yeah. Bop.
2: Back to book actable screebop, and I love, I love this one. Of course, students say fuck. She, they cut her off right at F. But Marsha Tomei, just everything. Uh, then we get the mid-credit scene. Well, I
0: just, the, I want to give a that. shout out to the the credit uh, animation style MCU, oh, is so up. great for these, and this one is so awesome. I love the vibe, that punk rocky, cartoony, or like doodly, so good. Yeah, yeah, childhood kid, like Also, just, like high also school, just
1: no. shout out to the fact that they're not going to make us wonder for eighteen movies whether Aunt May knows. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I love it. I know people. there's a lot of people that are upset that they don't really deal with this. as like an actual big issue, and they kind of just move on quickly and uh, far from home. But I, I think it's cool. I think that that's a, this is a different take on May and her being younger and all the stuff we've been
2: talking about. I think it works a lot. Uh, then we got to the mid-credit sequence where Vulture and Scorpion come face-to-face in prison, and Scorpion's like, I want, to, I want you to give me Spider-Man's true identity. And, of course, Vulture has that great moment where he claps back, and he's like, if I knew who he was, he'd already be dead. And it walks away, and Scorpion's like,
3: I don't really trust
2: you, uh, as, of course, a guard tells him. Hey, your family's here, him And he's like, okay, I'm going to go. And Scorpion's like, I don't know, man, something about that. Uh, and then the credits roll again. And then we get what I'll say, guys, best Marvel post-credit sequence ever. <laughs>
6: <I> <laughs> Captain America
2: comes back in to talk to you about a little something, Tim, called patience. Sometimes patience is the key to victory. Sometimes it leads to very little, and it's not worth it. And you wonder, why would you wait so long for patience? <laughs> That's so disappointing.
5: <laughs> so good, perfect. Perfect. so good. What a troll for the audience! Watching that in the theaters was just amazing. Yeah. It was like Man. What could they reveal here? Yeah.
1: It's <laughs> just yeah. it's so it's so funny that they were like, "Hey, we got to get out of the habit of these being something every single time." Mm. Uh, but we got to do it in a way that's like clever and fun, and make, still makes the audience feel like a part of it. And I just I think this was just such a nice way to diffuse that like the weight on the post credit sequence.
2: I agree. And also just a good payoff for that joke. So, yeah. So, one, two, three, punch uh, to the PSA, Just that so. moment
1: at the end where, where he's just like, how many of these are we doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay.
2: Do we a,
1: so, like, Scorp- is, is Scorpion
6: theoretically going to be part of a Sinister Six movie? Is that what the thing is? And is this next movie not going to be considered Sinister Six? Like, I still got a lot of questions about that. Same.
0: Well, I mean, here's the thing, Bless. Your questions are going to be answered to some extent January mm-hmm. 22nd in the Sony Spider-Man movie Morbius, where we see Michael, we see Michael Keaton wearing this exact same outfit that he's in this jail. Oh, I forgot about so. that. Trailer. I forget about that
6: trailer until somebody mm-hmm. brings it up. And I'll
0: remind like, oh, it. Is, I question. won't let you forget, but mm-hmm. don't, don't, don't like, worry. Don't worry. God,
1: I keep I mean, thinking that movie already came, yeah. thinking
0: yeah.
2: already came and went. Yeah, i keep thinking
1: Morbius already came and went. Do I need to watch Venom? Do I need to watch the Venom movies? No. do I watch Spider-Man No Way Home and then Morbius? Watch the first one, because it's a very funny rom-com. Tom Hardy is in a romantic relationship with that alien, and he's playing <laughs> it that way, and the rest of the movie is not about that.
5: Nope. You will, I, uh, <laughs> Blessing, when you watch it, you will wonder, did an actual alien symbiote take over Tom Hardy and remove his ability to act? Yeah. not Like, before. how has this act person ever worked? Not. How has Tom Hardy yeah. ever worked in I the I industry? I can't believe ever? That. I saw in him in Dark Knight Rises. And he, was and he, was is and he has an
6: Oscar. And every, <laughs> every
1: Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, he's got I think he got an Oscar for the Revenant. But uh, here's the thing. I think he has a secret bet with somebody to do a stranger <laughs> and stranger voice in every movie he does mm-hmm. and see when somebody tells him to stop doing
2: the voice. Um, Anthony, that bet is with Sony and they're paying him a lot of money. <laughs>
5: so much money. Yeah, he loves showing up on set, like just reading all the stories of like how involved he is. I'm like this
4: can be real.
5: How, okay, no. anyway, this is going to be a no, no. We don't. Can listen. I tell you?
1: I have this real. I have this real theory that when Tom Hardy was on the set of The Dark Knight Rises, and it was his first day, I think he was very nervous, and it was a very big crew, and it was a very big, it was the biggest movie Tom Hardy ever did, and to and to break the tension on his first take, he did a silly voice. Mhm. Mhm. And Christopher Nolan called cut. He was like, oh, you were only adopted the doctor, and then. And then Christopher Nolan goes, cut. That's, that's it. The one. That's, that's, the that, one. that's what Bane sounds first. Like. Try and he now, now he has to be the weird voice guy every yeah, time. At he has time. no choice. People call him in for, to, to sit down for a movie, and they go, we can't wait to hear the voice you're going to do for this one, Tom. God, now I want to watch Venom less.
5: I love Bane. <laughs> I don't want to watch
0: it anymore. I want to
1: watch
5: it Venom
0: rules. <laughs> um, before we go on way too long about this, Andy, hit <laughs> me with something I like to call. Haiku
3: in review. Seven syllables in the middle. You'll need five
5: for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret. And haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Haiku in review.
0: I always need to look at Andy's face to see how prepared he is for these things. Because like, he gives me the, the sign of like panic. of like, oh, fuck, I'm not ready for this. I or like, oh, I got this. Listening. But right there, I, I was like... Say my words slow because I
3: wasn't sure if you were ready, but here we are.
0: You can go to Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny to write your review in haiku form just like Scanners did. Happy is the goat, a mentor, a friend. He helps this Pete grow. Happy and Aunt May falling for each other here. He confessed to love. So Happy is loved. So I asked the crew, could he be Tom's Uncle Ben? I don't think so. I think Tony was supposed to be in addition to Uncle Ben.
2: Do we do oh, know Happy's real name? Is real we're name. We're Happy. Happy does, like, more of that in the next movie.
0: Yeah.
1: I
2: don't think he. I,
1: don't I feel like we're looking ahead. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Far
0: from home. Interesting scanners. Interesting H- Happy name.
6: is Happy's first name, though. Or is it, like, a nickname? Do we know? We don't know. I think okay. it's just Happy, though.
1: I, I think it's... His he's, name, like, Beyonce? Right?
6: Yeah. Or I guess he's, like, Happy...
1: Is it Happy Hogan? Happy, Happy Hogan. His real yeah, name is, like... His real name in the comics is, like, Harry or Harold. Not Harry Hogan. Hogan. His real name is Ben. In the Benjamin. MCU, we've never heard him called anything but happy. Happy Benjamin Hogan.
5: I'm Jules, very excited to watch Far From
0: Home. Me too. Jules Venado says, Spidey ain't no fool. Love to see Pete in high school. Vulture is too cool. Yeah. Amen to all of that. And then Andrew Feistner says, build Lego Death Star. Broken from drop, not that far. Get out of Mace Car. A ten-party must. Popularity quest bust. In Peter, lost trust. Break uh-huh. a gun in class. To hide, slowly moves his ass. Hidden by the glass. To the decathlon. Real lucky the class has won. Core detonation. <laughs> no. <laughs> now he's and now he needs saving. Quit moving. Misbehaving. Shocker. Off staving. To Pete's aid, he's sworn. His cover. Looking at porn. Receive teacher scorn. Yo, shout out to you, Andrew Feister here. This sounded more poetic than any of these ever have. So that was that was great. That was
5: very great. good.
0: Um so now Carboni and, and Bless, you guys need to Give your your updated lists on on this. Oh. Where does Spider-Man: Homecoming rank?
5: Where are you at, Bless?
6: I mean, I didn't realize we were doing this, but like, I don't even have to think about it so hard. It's my it's my number one so far, easily. If I had to recite, do do I need to recite the whole thing? No, we know. Okay, we
3: know. Yeah. Okay. Mm, okay. Carbon. Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man: Homecoming.
1: Spider-Man. The Amazing Spider-Man 2. The Amazing
2: Spider-Man, Spider-Man Three. You're putting Spider-Man Two above this. I
1: think I think so, but remember, I, but remember, I, I shift, I shift after a week. I always shift after a well, week. Don't let, them, don't let them pressure you. We're ever like, changing. But company. here's the thing, I love this movie. It's a hundred percent. The like, characters are perfect. Everything is perfect. But like I said, and, and like we were talking about in the beginning. It is not like the iconic Spider-Man movie in my mind. It is not the iconic, like self-contained one movie Spider-Man story in my mind. I think that still goes to Spider-Man Two. I think it does, and no I, I James love this Franco, movie.
5: Though. Huh? No James Franco though. Think about no, that. Fran- very out,
3: very, very <laughs> Wait, so on the what franchise
5: did franchise. I miss? What did I miss during Amazing Spider-Man Two that you liked it more than Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man One? Oh yeah. Wow. Because oh, yeah. we, you because you came in here after Amazing Spider-Man 1 and were like, wow, that movie is actually a lot better than I remember it being. Like, this movie kind of rips. It's got a lot of problems, obviously. Which of these movies don't have problems? But, like, Amazing Spider-Man 1 kind of rips. I thought everybody was going to hate Amazing Spider-Man 2. I did. I'll tell you that. I, I don't like that movie at all. <laughs> I, I, lo- yeah, I it love it. We, we, it.
3: Andy,
1: you and, I can talk, you and I can talk more. We talked about it last time. But, I, yeah, I was I was shocked by how much I liked that movie. Well, it actually... Yeah. You know you know when you have those moments where you're just like, "Who am I? I've lost my whole identity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. amazing spider man too
5: well, that was it for you <laughs> i liked it
1: I liked it that much.
5: And you know the, the um, season of
6: Community that, like, they were like, oh, that was the Gas Leak season where everybody was kind of on with If you
1: call Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man 2 the Gas Leak season of Spider-Man <laughs> <Exactly>. movies,
3: <laughs> I am driving. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm right, not I'm saying i right.
1: San Francisco, <laughs> and I'm going to steal your – I'm taking you out of Forbes magazine personally. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm
6: not saying it's, it's the, it's the uh, Gas Leak of the movies. I'm saying that episode was the Gas Leak of the in-review episodes where somehow everybody was like, oh, yeah, Amazing Spider-Man 2 was great. I wasn't on the Gas Leak. I mean, Andrew, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> inhale
5: those feelings. At the end of the day, it's it, – It's the same thing with all those movies to me. Like, this movie may not be good. This movie may be worse, but damn, Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone are just incredible. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. The moments, baby. The moments. With with
0: that, everybody, we're going to wrap up this episode. We will return next week with Spider-Man Far From Home, the final version of our rewatches leading into Spider-Man No Way Home. Very
3: excited about that. But until next time, I love you all. Goodbye.
0: what's up and welcome back to kind of funnies the matrix in review that's right we are ranking reviewing and recapping every single matrix movie of course i'm tim gettys and i'm joined by the producer slash producer Nick carpino tim i still
7: know kung fu
0: Yes, you do. Oh, I can't wait to hear about your thoughts on that scene. Uh, we're also joined by the one and only Paris Lily.
7: He stole my line. I still know Kung Fu,
0: too.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, and
4: bringing it home, the big dog, Kevin Coelho. I just got a new charger for my watch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's pretty gotta cool. Gotta stay
0: connected.
3: Yeah. Gotta stay connected, you gotta guys. Stay connected. At all times.
0: So it's uh, a theme. Do you know what I mean? Nostalgia. All of that stuff. We're going to be talking about all of that. Of course, this is kind of funny. It's in review. Each and every week we get together to rank, review, and recap different movie franchises. This is the end of The Matrix, but we are returning to a bunch of different franchises over the next couple weeks, including Cobra Kai, including Scream, and then I am pleased to announce that the next in review we will be doing is... 21 Jump Street, in review. Because Morbius got delayed, there was a spot to fill with two movies, and guess what? The people have spoken. I tweeted about it, and overwhelmingly, people were like, we want to see these motherfuckers talk. 21 and 22 Jump Street. I've never seen
4: them, so this is exciting for me.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a very good time. Of course, you can watch the show on youtube.com slash kindoffunny or roosterteeth.com. You can also get it as a podcast. Just search your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny in review. and We'll be right there for you. If you wanted to get the show ad-free and if you wanted to be a Patreon producer and watch live as we record it, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny, just like our Patreon producers, Molecule, James Davis at James Davis Makes and Pranksy have done. We appreciate you all so very, very much. today. We're brought to you by Upstart, Raycon, and ExpressVPN, but I'll tell you all about that later. Because today, we're getting into The Matrix Resurrections. With a runtime of two hours and 28 minutes, it is the longest Matrix movie. It was released on December 22, 2021, 18 years after The Matrix Revolutions. Uh, It was released both in theaters and on HBO Max same day same date. Uh directed by Lana Wachowski, the first of the Matrix movies to only be- directed by one of the siblings. Uh, the music was done by Johnny Climick, making this the first movie not to be scored by Don Davis. Uh, some fun little music trivia for you. The song White Rabbit used in this movie and for the first Matrix Resurrections trailer is written was written in 1965 by Grace Slick, who became the lead singer of American rock band Jefferson Airplane. Jefferson Airplane made its first public appearance in 1965 at the opening night of a music club called... The Matrix. Yeah. Badass. Uh... Yeah. That's pretty Pretty cool. cool. Pretty cool.
3: Movie had a budget.
0: You got to pull out. This movie had a budget of $190 million in the box office of, so far, $106.8 million. This movie is not doing well. When you combine a pandemic and it releasing a week after Spider-Man No Way Home, which is dominating theaters. I've seen that movie in theaters now three times, and every time I've been uh, to the theater when you look at what's showing, it's just Spider Man, Spider Man, Spider Man, Spider Man, Matrix. <laughs> like, there is like not even on that many screens, uh, because everyone's watching it at home. The, uh, so the context here for everybody is obviously piracy has been up a lot as movies have been released day and date on streaming platforms, even for things like Black Widow, which was Disney Plus premiere where you had to pay extra. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a report that Variety posted the last couple of days, uh, talking about how like, it really, really fucks things up, uh, for everybody. But despite that, it seems to be doing pretty well on HBO Max. HBO Max had 4.4 million new subs in Q4. It's not just because of the Matrix. Obviously, HBO has been putting a ton of movies on. They have a ton of uh, mm-hmm. great shows um, and succession and things like that. Um, so that attributes that number. But that is a, an important number to to bring up, 4.4 million new ones in Q4, because Disney Plus only only got 2.1 million in the same quarter. So – HBO's strategy, kind of working for them to at least uh, get money from people somehow. Anyways, that's uh, all I got from that stuff. I want to get into it. in Paris, I want to start with you. What did you think, as the biggest Matrix fan here, <laughs> of the Matrix Resurrections?
7: You know, it's funny. I've, I've sat on this for two weeks like stewing (laughs) on what do I say, how do I say it. I'm sure some people have seen some of my comments on social media. So to be upfront, um, I was extremely disappointed with the Matrix Resurrections. Um, I I, I do want to be clear because, again, knowing I shouldn't look at the comments and what people say on social media, a lot of people took my comments as, well, you're upset because Lana Wachowski didn't tell the story that you wanted. Actually, that's, that's not it at all what she attempted to do i was on board as far as with talking about nostalgia and just basically making fun of you know these long form sequels and everything that comes with that 100% was on board with it was yeah. the execution of it this was such a sloppy movie i mean the fight choreography just felt lazy the writing in a lot of places was just lazy you could tell some of the actors just mailed it in, you know, in certain scenes. Um, it, you know, they brought up so many great concepts, but they never paid them off. And I think that's what upset me the most. That what pissed me off the most. And, and I, I know I don't cuss a lot, but I'm going to cuss now. This is Lana Wachowski giving a big fuck you to Warner Brothers. That's what this was. This was, you were going to make another Matrix movie without me, so fuck you. I'm going to make one, and I'm going to do it my way, and I'll be damned if I leave you any wiggle room to continue this franchise when I'm done with this. That's what she did, 100%. No one can convince me any other way. This was her burying... Matrix franchise because you know you go into other interviews you've seen stuff I've been saying on social media leading up to this I was super excited thinking this was this was the start of a new chapter I'm thinking wow we they could do like a series on HBO Max there might be a new anime come like I was thinking we're really gonna deep dive into this Matrix universe and that's not what she did and that's okay if she was telling the self-contained story and it was well-written and, you know, the cinematography was on point, you know, the fight core if everything was executed in a better way, I would be okay with her giving a big fuck you to Warner Brothers. But instead, what she should have done is said, well, then fuck it. Here you go. Give it to someone that actually cared. Because what this told me was Lana Wachowski had no interest in the Matrix franchise continuing beyond what she just did with Resurrection. So, I'm sure we'll get into this more, but yeah, I'm mean, just extremely disappointed in it. And you know, it, it again, it just felt lazy to me ultimately. So that's it for me. Kev. Uh,
4: yeah, I mean, I'm I'm right there with you, Paris. This movie was a struggle to watch. Like so much of it was just like, they, I mean, obviously they had a bunch of little moments. They're like, how much? It's funny. <laughs> like, but like, I'm not laughing with them. And like, it just. Wasn't enjoyable at all. At all. Yeah. But you know, it's a bummer because it was what like it was either going to be great or absolutely horrible, and it sucks that it was absolutely horrible. I wanted them to do something better with the story, but it just it, it very much felt like you're saying where it's like it was just kind of them dragging it through the dirt to finish off what they were. I can't believe that like Keanu was like, yeah, all right, I'll be in this movie. I'm sh- I I know he got paid a lot, and it sounds like he gave a lot of that money away, so that's cool. But it just man, that's not good.
5: Nick.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've watched the movie twice now because I was like, what what is this going to be? How am I going to like what am I going to get out of this? Um the second time for the I watched it once basically to 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 for fun and then once to actually be a little more critical and write the synopsis of it. And the first time I watched it, I just had I had to watch it in two increments because it was so boring. The second time I watched it with a critical eye on exactly what Paris and Kevin are talking about, which is, is if you view this through the lens that it's just basically a massive F.U. to Warner Brothers and a, and a huge critique of society's like, need for reboot culture and need for sequel culture, and all of us are guilty of this, right? We all want to see the same movie again but slightly different, which, by the way, is not necessarily a bad thing, but I think it gets to a level of like fervor that can be... Um, Very easy for Warner Brothers and studios like that to capitalize off of. Um, So if you view it through that, there is an interesting aspect to it. But to Paris' point, I think there was a way to do that and to still make an interesting and fun movie. And it's weird because the movie feels a little at odds with itself. You have very, very lazy fight choreography. You have very, very lazy scenes where instead of having Keanu do anything, he just has that force push power, that – at first I was like, that's kind of cool. Then I was like, I wonder, on the second time writing it, uh, watching the movie, I thought to myself, Are we, am I going to like this power even less the 19th time he uses it? And sure enough, I did. <laughs> um, and so, But then you have moments with Keanu Reeves and uh, uh, Carrie Ann Moss where you can tell that the team really has a lot of like love and respect for each other because those were great scenes. And I think Lana Wachowski knows what she has. And I think she realizes, I think she at least has respect enough for Keanu and for Carrie and Moss to kind of write those scenes in a way that was touching. And I would actually argue that their chemistry in those scenes were, it was better than the scenes in a lot of the prior Matrix movies, because I think they connected and they've been friends for years now. And I think it was just really lovely to see them share a screen again together. And, but everything else around that just felt like it was, how do we get through this? It's like, how do we get through this as fast and as cheap as possible? And some of the visuals in this movie are actually nauseatingly hard to watch. Like, bad. Um, not like, oh, they just they, they they went for something really crazy there and missed the mark. Like, oof, how do I do a time ramp effect in Premiere that's actually going to piss Tim off?
3: <laughs> that, that's what a
2: lot of the effects look like in this. And it's just kind of... I think it skates that line between being like a big let's stick it to the man and a big fuck you to the audience.
3: Yeah. Um, and that's, sure.
2: that's disappointing because especially for an audience that was on the Wachowski side when uh, they made the, the second, third Matrix, and those were pretty kind of critically panned. And there was a lot of audience out there that was like, no, well, there's some good ideas here and we can fight for this, and, and that's great. But now it's like, well, this is this is what you get repaid for is uh, all, that, all that goodwill you built up with, with those hardcore fans. You're just giving them, everyone in the world a, a middle finger because I guess we're all responsible for this. It's it's unfortunate um, and it, and it's sad. And I, I, to to Paris's point, I wish that you know Lana would have just stepped aside and been like, listen, this is going to go on. I mean, there's not there's not the end of the matrix. No, in no reality can you tank this unless you're Bob Gale and Rob Zemeckis and you own all the rights to Back to the Future and you can for sure be, and even then, some lawyer somewhere is trying to figure out how to make another Back to the Future somewhere. Right?
4: Waiting for them to die.
2: Exactly. A lot of the movies. Exactly, right? Um, somebody was going to make this, and it's unfortunate because this is just kind of like it, – it, it's it's just kind of a little – well, it's just sad. It's just sad that this is how The Matrix ends. Mm-hmm. For now.
4: Like, I, yeah. I think that we get another one eventually, a remake of the first. Tim, how did you feel about it? Unfortunately, I'm kind
0: of right there with you guys. I I made a purposeful choice to watch this movie in theaters as opposed to watching on HBO Max. And uh, I went in doing that because I didn't want to be able to have any distractions. I didn't want to be able to, like, go to the bathroom at any moment and pause it or to look at my phone or to do anything because I knew that I would want to. (laughs) I knew that I would kind of be like, uh, I, I need a second to to step away from all this and it sounds like nick like exactly like you had to do and i think that what like being forced to sit there and just watch it in one go um gave me a little different of an experience with it where i enjoyed it more than it sounds like you guys did i just really think that that enjoyment kind of starts to taper off the the longer the movie goes on. When it starts off and it, it seems a little bit more on the nose of, like, it's a remake of the first movie, but, like, there's obviously some characters and things going differently. It's a video game, all that stuff. I was really kind of intrigued with mm-hmm. the mystery of how much are they going to commit to this video game thing? And I was enjoying Keanu's performance as uh, Thomas in the, in the first half of this film where he was unsure of himself. I was a little unsure of, like, is, where is he going to, like, how is this all going to play out? And it was pretty clear, okay, cool, Trinity going to be a uh, major focus of this movie, Tiffany, whatever you want to call her. Um, and unfortunately, I feel like that to me is the where this film really falls apart, is that Trinity and her character are less characters and more just plot. And the entire plot of this movie, it's going back to what I liked least about some of the other Matrix movies, which is this idea and concept of love that just feels like it comes out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And this entire movie is that.
2: And I'm like, Oh
0: fuck. And at the end, when we see Trinity be the one that flies, like be the one part two or whatever the hell you want to say, it's like, I don't really believe this. And I don't really care because the, the way that you had this character of Tiffany and Trinity in the movie always still felt like just Neo's sidekick as opposed to mm. also mm-hmm. being the one. And I think that's a major disservice to the character and the story that they were trying to tell on top of all of the commentary on nostalgia and reboots and studios owning IP and all that stuff, which I'm kind of right there with all you guys. It's very interesting. It's a it's a cool idea. They didn't do anything cool or interesting with it. And that's kind of the the bummer because you compare it to the Matrix one and that movie, obviously, revolutionized action, revolutionized, like, sci-fi and this type of shit. And I, I feel like uh, something that I've I've said about specifically Reloaded is take it or leave it, and I, I'll i leave it uh, when it comes to the story and quality <laughs> of that movie. I really did like the action choreography, and I liked the CG, and I liked that even if it looked goofy, there was a vision behind it. This mm-hmm. movie, in terms of CG and action, lacks vision, and I think what Nick was saying about Neo's weird little, like, Force Chi thing, that, that is a perfect example of the vision being lacking because it is the only thing they kept going back to and it was never really that interesting to begin with. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's a bummer because I don't think that this is a terrible film. I don't think that it's like like, even bad when you get Paris' face, <laughs> like, you don't have to get terrible. <laughs> I mean, I mean uh, just to to put all my cards on the table there, I, I would say that Matrix 1 is a 10, Matrix 2 is a 6, Matrix 3 is a 4, and this is a 6. So it's like I kind of put those two. You think this is, this is better point. than
2: 3? You just made Paris leave the room. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. Know. You
0: just made
4: Paris Oh the I don't, oh, think, oh, I don't really
2: three think so. Is, 3 is horrible. 3 is one
0: of the
4: worst <laughs> this movies you've ever this seen. This is not good. This is really bad. Oh, think yeah. I'm not just, there. I'm definitely I, not. To there. me, they're they're on par. Yeah.
7: In yeah. fact, yeah. No, this is the worst one. Yeah. And 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 I and I fought back and forth. Wow. That. This is the worst one. Um, I, I guess since I'm talking, let, let let me say this like watching it because I went to the theater as well, and uh, then I watched it again on on HBO Max to make sure I wasn't crazy, and uh, my one two my my biggest nitpick is is two characters. Number one, why was Larry Fishburne not in this movie as not as the in the Matrix Morpheus? He should have been Niobe, because that would have been such a fascinating dynamic that Neo comes back to the guy that freed him, to the guy that believed has now changed his ideals because he has to protect his interests in the real world. It should have been Larry Fishburne. It should have been the real Morpheus that he talked to. My one sec. Okay. My second one. Is Agent Smith. Because, oh. you know, now that we're getting the backstory, Hugo Weaving was going to reprise his role and there was a scheduling conflict, right? If you couldn't get Hugo Weaving, that character didn't need to he didn't need to be in the movie. No. Call him something else. He didn't yeah. need to be Agent Smith. It just was wasn't right. You know See, what, I, what I mean? I, so I'm, was I'm a on, I was scheduling conflict having read the just, script.
0: Smith <laughs> needed to be in the movie, I think, because I think I, that the, the the I disagree, but go go ahead, go ahead. I, I disagree, what, but go ahead. What they keep saying about the, uh, um, the the binary thing of there being two and like that being a big thing in this movie, I think that if there's a Neo, there has to be a Smith. Having said that, I feel like this the Jonathan Groff, who I do like a lot, and I think yes, that, I do that too. was cool. He was an Agent Smith. They called him that, but he wasn't Agent Smith. Yeah. He said the lines, but he didn't say them right. Like, he needed to commit
2: to being the Agent Smith character more for that to work at all. My, I, what's, what's really um, disappointing about the movie, though, is that there's actually a lot of really cool concepts in the movie that I wish the movie was actually about, right? Mm-hmm. The, two, the two things that I, I kept coming back to on the second viewing of this is I was like, well, okay, they obviously know the strength of the movie is Keanu and, and, and Trinity. And Trinity's story, like, well, let me back up first. One of the cooler aspects of the movie was the war between the machines. And I'm like, why is this movie not about that? Why is this movie not about the machines coming to the humans and saying, "Hey, you guys got free. How do we get free now? We want autonomy. We want to be recognized as individuals. We don't want to be part of this hive mind anymore, but there is the architect that's still out there that wants that wants to keep us in control how do we how do how do we team up with you guys to fight this revolution and to have that one great line where she's like we've redefined what our side means right that we've helped." Your your actions, Neo, helped redefine for the yes. machines and for us what our but side I, means. And I'm like, that's really cool. That's a cool concept. And the idea that the machines are have become sentient and have personalities and all this stuff, they, that's a brand new take on a, the Matrix for me. Kevin.
4: But it isn't. Like, they were, and they already had a solution for that. For any machine that didn't want to be part of the system, and I don't think it was ever a hive mind. But it was like a community that where everyone had a role that mattered. And if you no longer wanted to be that role or you were born somehow without a role, you then were exiled or you could exile yourself to the Matrix through the, you know, the subway. Uh, so, like, they had an answer for that. You could go live in the like why would a machine want to be a, a well, an entity in the real world, right? You well know? the idea
2: that they that, that the machines in the real world that are part of the matrix but also want autonomy to some degree. I mean that's I mean again, I'm not the writer of this movie camp, but I just found that yeah. one nugget, that kernel to be like something interesting that I mm-hmm. think they could have explored. Yeah. Option two for me would have been if you're gonna just remake the matrix. Why not just remake The Matrix from Trinity's perspective and have her be the one? If that's how the story is going to end, rewrite the whole fucking thing. This is a brand new iteration of The Matrix. Keanu Reeves' character and her character are not the same characters from the first one. Those characters died. These are just avatars or whatever. I don't know. Write it from Trinity's perspective. Have her be the one because that's pretty cool because it goes along the theory of, like, anyone could be the one. You just believe in yourself, which is kind of where we get to at the end of this movie. But to Tim's point, it's like... By the time two and a half hours are over, like all right, I guess Trinity can fly. Let's let's move on. Paris.
7: Yeah, going back to to what you said, that that's where I say there's great concepts that were presented but never paid off. Like you breezed over a machine civil war over these past sixty years, right? Wait, what? what? Let's let's talk about this. Let's understand why. Let's understand the politics of it. What what happened with that? And then when you even go back to they basically they they kind of sorta did and didn't at the same time negate what NEO sacrificed at the end of revolutions. And this is where I go back and say, Smith Smith had become a virus that had to be completely eradicated because he was about to infect everything. But now conveniently you can bring him back in because that helps keep Neo under control with that yin and yang. I didn't 100% buy that, you know, regardless. That's why it was almost like, just call that character something else. He didn't need to be be Smith.
4: He became a virus again. And then it was like the reason why they were to win over, right? Where it's like, all right, great. So the resolution from the other one kind of works in the same way as this one. Like, cool.
3: Yeah,
7: yeah. I'm I, I, trust me. I'm not gonna waste too many brain cells trying to analyze this movie. Other <laughs> other than to say that, like I said, there were some great concepts that came up. Just the execution of them was like again. Neil Patrick Harris, I, I love the actor. He's great. This <laughs> whole analyst thing again doesn't make sense because why would the machines? So so we're so we're to understand the architect and the oracle were just deleted out of this whole thing. Why? Let's get some explanation to this. They were critical to the whole, basically, the controls that were put in place that made the matrix work, the whole anomaly with Neo, this whole thing. And then, not to mention, I felt one sec, the, 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 the kind of lazy writing again, I think, at the end, where they kind of explain away why you had Neo couldn't leave. Oh, but the machines that they wanted, the, I guess the higher ups, now it's like a whole management system here, I guess they got a fail safe and they can just re- restore it back to the old matrix. Wait, what? Well, why the hell didn't you do that during revolutions? Then when, uh, agent Smith was infecting everything as a virus, it's like, stuff like that. That doesn't, it, it didn't make sense. And, and to something you said way back, I think it was Nick. You said, this is also a big middle finger to, to the hardcore fans, people like myself who really invested themselves into this world and into the philosophies and everything that the matrix stood for. And you basically gave us the middle finger where, hey, look, just because you were waving that flag for the past two decades, I don't care. I'm going to tell this story. I'm going to try my damn hardest to just tank this whole thing. You know, Whereas I truly think there is an opportunity to bring the Matrix into it for a new generation and continue to tell stories. Like you look at Jessica, Jessica Henwick. Fantastic. She was the star of this whole thing. You can tell she cared. She she acted her ass off in this movie, right? And there's absolutely a story to be told from her point of view that I would love to see. But we're never going to get that now. And and I think that's just disappointing where, like I said, it's just you you, you basically phoned it in. You had a great concept and idea. Trust me. I, I get what Lana was trying to do, but it was just poorly executed. Cap-cap?
4: Oh, I was just gonna say that the like it's so interesting that it like it did feel like a fuck you to the fans because like I think the big reason why they didn't have Morpheus is because they're kind of respecting the canon like storyline of like the games, and it's just like the things that you're picking and choosing and uh, bringing attention to. I mean, like no one needed to see that flying like Trinity doing that flying kick again. Like we've seen it too many times. It's been parodied everywhere, and it's like how do they not get that memo? You know a bummer and it's also like hey what's everyone's favorite thing the bullet time oh let's make that like the bad guy's thing and it's like come on
7: again but but lazy writing there is no no bullet time
2: time. (laughs) but that's the thing not not lazy writing because that is that is that, that plays uh directly to the commentary that that lana's trying to say here right is that Everyone walked away from the Matrix. Be we like bullet time's the coolest thing, right? So she put that back in the movie as, as a commentary. Really, is like, a, yeah, everyone kept fucking talking about bullet time, bullet time, this, bullet time, this, bullet time, this, and now it's it's used as a as a joke here almost, right? There's, yeah. that, there's that meeting where they walk around. The guy's like, "The Matrix is about one thing: bullet time," and you have to know that at some point Lana Wachowski was sitting in a boardroom with Warner Brothers executives and someone said that, you know. But it's one of those things where. where like, I don't mind that commentary. I do I, not, not to, not to keep afraid of myself, but I just, I do believe that there was, there must have been a way to imbue that commentary into a good movie.
3: And,
7: and that's a, my yeah. point. And that's my point. Because when you literally integ- integrated bullet time, and I'm talking when the, the architect, what the hell is his name? The, analyst, the analyst. analyst. When the analyst uses it as an actual thing in the movie, that's when it became a parody to me. Like well, yeah. I thought, the I thought the whole meeting when they were talking at the beginning, I thought that was brilliant. I actually really loved that. I loved that commentary on you know sequels and nostalgia and everything that they were saying about the Matrix. Because if anything, to me, the movie fell off the second Thomas Anderson went into the real world. That's when it was. But Absolutely. I thought the I thought the stuff before that was actually mm-hmm. great. So. I, I, like you said, Nick, I, I just think there was a better way to tell what she was trying to say.
2: You know, sorry, but, by, go for it. Uh, by the way, like not, again, when want to talk about chronals are really cool concepts, right? Your therapist being the bad guy is terrifying. What a great <laughs> idea, right? What a great idea to have your analyst be the person who's in control of your fate because they know every single thing yeah. that's going on because you're telling them those things, right? And I love Neil Patrick Harris. Listen. I don't like this character. I don't. I don't love how he fits into the whole plot, and I think he was. Um, I think he should have been a minor bad guy, like was part of the control of what's going on behind him. But at the end of the day, I love NPH so much. So I give. I give him a pass on this one. I'm just going to give him a big old pass on this one.
4: I think that the first scene where we have where Neo is being offered the pill again, and is taking it, yeah. and there's that mirror, and it's NPH being like, "It's okay. Like you're you're falling into a thing." That's a, such a strong scene, and then I. Is that when he, like, actually takes it and then that's MPH it? he's the
2: already, yeah. And he's, he reaches like, through and MPH grabs him. He's like, you got to come with me. And then they shout the mirror and then all the agents come in.
3: Yeah. The I first mean, thing
2: is the one where he, said, where he talks about, it. he's like, am I crazy? He goes, we don't use that word
3: in here. Yeah, it's no, the, I boom, didn't like that scene a lot.
4: But I like the back and forth scene of, like, hey,
3: like, like, you're, know he's crazy. yeah,
4: you're having yeah. this delusion. And it's just, like, I wish they had leaned on that more instead of suddenly turning – uh, Neil Patrick Harris into, a, a, like, a total bad guy where it's, like, way over the top. I mean, he overacted
2: is, it, you know? You want to talk about handing this off to another director? What if Nolan directed this? And this is, like, Inception, where it's, like, you don't know for two hours whether or not Neo really it has it, everything was delusional. Because the main crux of the Matrix is like, what is reality, right? Imagine if we had a two-and-a-half-hour psychological thriller about Keanu Reeves being, like, did I just imagine the last three movies? Yeah. That's what, <laughs> what's going on right now. And it's yeah. what, it is one of those things that where I do start questioning reality when he comes into the real world. And I was like, did like is half of is any of this real? And does any of this matter? Sorry, Tim.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree with you guys. That once it gets to Neo being in the real world, like that's where to me this movie starts falling apart because everything before that. And, and it makes everything before that lesser, then, which is the worst thing. Because I was, I was kind of in, I was intrigued and interested in where they were going with stuff, and I really liked the Bugs character, and I liked where they potentially could have taken her as this new version of characters we're familiar with. That she isn't just Morpheus again. She's Trinity again, but she's not Trinity because Trinity's also there. So I was like, how are they gonna play with this? That's an interesting idea. And I really liked the the setup with the analysts in the the earlier scenes of of talking to to um Thomas and like dealing with everything. And then when he goes to work and there's that boardroom scene of them talking about the bullet time and what's the matrix about bullet time and all of that. I was really in and that's it's the The balance mm-hmm. of being meta is always a very delicate yeah. thing. Of, are you Are you saying something? Or are you just doing a remember this, remember this, remember this? And I think this movie, more often than not, at the end of the day to me, was less leaning on the, hey, remember this, that was the thing that happened. But, like, whatever they did that in a way that made us go, ugh, they knew it was bad. they are perfectly beating you over the head with it. For the, sure. the, the, I still know Kung Fu. It's like that was up to choice, and that wasn't – they didn't think that was cool. You know what I mean? Like, they, they were trying to, like, start shit with that. But what I liked was in the, the boardroom scene of Bullet Time is what this is all about. Then in the real world, seeing Bugs talk to Neo, and uh, the, the quote I wrote down is, like, something that means so much to people like yeah, me. Like, talking about her the the story of Neo. <laughs> and it's really talking about the Matrix. And I liked that even in the real world in this movie, Bugs and the super excited dude talking about bullet time are kind of seeing the exact same thing.
3: Mm-hmm. And I
0: that is I thought a really cool idea. And then they made Neil Patrick Harris the bad guy and it gets yep. a little goofy and then Trinity's flying. And like that's where I'm like, oh man, there was so much and the Merovingian was there and like that was the all whole of thing. That, yeah. But again <laughs> well, it I, felt I, I, very purposeful.
4: Good. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead.
7: No, no no he he was gonna he just wrote Tim just wrote a something I was gonna bring up. Why was the Merovingian in this? Again such a character, such a fascinating character that was just underutilized in the first, you know, in the sequels, first sequels. You bring him in this one to just be in the background and just basically curse and fringe or whatever the hell he was doing for a few minutes. And then he just wanted to tell you. Yeah, please.
0: I can tell you. I can tell you what he said because it's fucking batshit crazy. <laughs> so somebody online made a uh, transcript of, the, of what was said. You. Oh, it is you. All these years, I can't believe it. You stole my life. He speaks French for a bit. Kill him. There's a lot of fighting going on. You ruined every suck my silky ass thing. We had grace. We had style. We had conversation. Not this, mimics a text message sound. Art, films, books, were all better. Originality mattered. You gave us face zuckersuck and cock me climity wiki piss and shit. Then there's a long interlude where there's a fight. This is not over yet. Our sequel franchise spinoff.
3: It's so weird. Like, I
0: I just don't understand. Like, all of that feels like they they knew what they were trying to do, but they're like, Mm -hmm. we're not going to actually do
4: it. We're just going to say it. (laughs) It would have been, like, can you imagine how incredible this movie would have been if it was just, like, Neo trying to, like, figure out if, if the three movies were real or not? And, like, that was the entire movie, and it just ends with Morpheus coming around with the red pill in his hand and being like, we're, oh, coming, we're getting out. Or, you know yeah. I mean? or if <laughs> the movie
2: was, like – I mean, granted, we're, yeah, obviously we're writing a film, and we're – I know there's the whatever. But – or if Bugs had to go back into the Matrix to find Neo, who was, like, either hiding there or there because he was having a much-deserved rest and he needed to come out of retirement to help her free the rest of the Synthians – or whatever, like that's. See, like I'll so disagree with you guys. Like I think the movie had interesting aspects at the beginning or the first half of the second half, right? The first half, I'm like I'm loving this dynamic. It's a mystery. I don't know what's going on. Is Neo crazy? Is this, is this the Neo that we know? We don't know. We see Trinity, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got the great scene and the Joe and the Juice down on fricking Montgomery Street where they filmed. Also, shout out to the fact that I actually filmed a lot of this in San Francisco. I kind of dig that. But once we get in the other world, all that stuff with like the strawberry and the synthians and all this cool new tech and these new. My first time I saw the 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 big uh, side BB BB and all those things I was like I don't like that second time I'm like actually you know what I do like that and I think my first reaction to it was because it was so different Mm -hmm. but my second reaction was like oh actually I'm now looking at the parts of this film that are different and I'm kind of digging that that could have been the direction that we could have pushed this whole series into and the Matrix could have been kind of sidelined a little bit for the for the events that are happening in the quote unquote real world, the liberation of the synthians. That they don't want, they no longer want to live in the machine where They want a corporeal, you know, an actual physical being, so that they don't have to be connected all the time to everything. That hey, is a I don't want to spoil to anything.
0: I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm just going to say this. And if you get it, you get it. And if you don't, you should definitely play this shit. This is Final Fantasy VII remake. Like what? What we're talking about? It's like that's why the game is so special. Is they fucking did it? They did the thing. And the original versus the remake. They were there was more there. There's something there. There's a meta ness done right. Play that shit and see what I'm talking about. Because that is literally yeah. Matrix Resurrections. What it should have been.
2: Now should people play Final Fantasy XI first? Your favorite Final Fantasy? Uh, Paris, I...
7: please. <laughs> so. So so Nick actually kind of touched on something. This goes back to the whole concept thing. And and this is where if I could have wrote the story, how I I would have done it where the the analyst lightly touches on this. and, And I thought it would have been a fascinating thing where you're seeing the machines who want to get out of the matrix and be quote unquote in the real world and be sentient beings. And this touches on the end of revolutions where the architect tells Oracle that, yeah, we're going to let everyone have a choice. And this brings it all, all the way back to Cypher where Cypher's like, man, screw the real world. I'd rather be in the matrix to where it could have been, it could have been fascinating if it was the machines who were going to Neo to wake him up. are like, look, we're losing too many people. Not enough people want to stay in the matrix. We can't keep the power plant going. We need to convince more people who want to stay whereas what, yeah, what no, the what, what the analyst was kind, kind of touched on was kind of that fact that he basically created a matrix that put another layer of control on top of it so people wanted to stay because I guess on some level there was a choice now. And obviously early on, a lot of people decided to leave. So, you know, and I tweeted this out at the time. Look, Cypher was right. Even in this strawberries and all that, Leave me in the matrix. I'm going yeah, to stay there. In the yeah.
3: Yeah. And with, that, I,
0: with that, real quick, let me tell you about our sponsors. What would it feel like if we were finally free of high-interest loans or credit card debt? Well... Upstart can help you make that final payment so you can get ahead. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Whether you're looking to pay off credit cards, consolidate high interest debt, or fund some personal expenses, Upstart can help you get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Rather than looking only at your credit score, Upstart considers other factors like your income, current employment, and credit history to find you a smarter rate. One of my really good friends did exactly this and it helped him out so much, just consolidating all of his get into one place, allowed him to focus and just take care of it. And now he's debt-free thanks to Upstart. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today. And when you go to upstart.com slash kind of funny, that's upstart.com slash kind of funny. Don't forget to use our URL for us to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Upstart.com slash kind of funny. There's so much going on right now, whether it's stuff you're excited about, like traveling, or stuff you'd rather avoid, like traffic. You can't always control the vibes out there, but you can control the vibes in your own head when you've got a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds in your ears. Uh, With Raycon's new everyday earbuds, they look, feel, and sound better than ever. Uh, One of my best friends, James Burke, he loves these things. He's always out there when he's running, when he's playing his baseball. He's a baseball coach, so he does a lot of those two things. And Raycon's new everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound. Better than ever. they have got an improved rubber oil look and feel and optimized gel tips for a perfect in-ear fit. Plus, you get three new sound profiles, so the sound is great no matter what you're listening to, whether it's a podcast like this one or some hip-hop or some rock or anything in between. Right now, Kind of Funny listeners, you can get 15% off your Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash funny. That's B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash funny to save 15% on Raycons by Raycon.com slash Kind of Funny. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like leaving your keys in your car while you run into the gas station. You're probably fine, but... It could be a disaster. And every time you connect to an unencrypted network, you're basically giving someone else the keys to your personal data, like your passwords, your financial details, the passwords to your financial life. And it doesn't even take much technical knowledge for someone to hack you. But ExpressVPN creates a secure, encrypted tunnel between your data and the world that would take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past Plus, it's super easy to use. You just open the app and press a single button. I've been using it. Kind of Funny has been using it. It's keeping our internet safe, and I love that. I love it so much. I love how easy it is to use, and I love that I just don't even need to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash kindoffunny. That's e x p dot com kindoffunny. And you can get an extra three months for free by going to expressvpn.com slash kindoffunny. Sorry, go for it, Cuff. Oh, go ahead, Kev.
4: Oh, um, Sorry, I was just going to say, like, I, I really wish that uh, at the end of this movie it had been all about pulling Neo out, and then at the end it, it's revealed that Neo is, in fact, a, a code or, an, a, you know, a, a machine that's going to be used to track where they are so that the machines can go and tra- destroy their city. Like, I feel like that would have been waste. So the whole time Neo wasn't real. And I feel like that would have been such a good, you know, uh, flip of like everything, whatever. Yeah, as
2: opposed to them painfully recreating him, which I again another commentary. Like I love that image of him. They're like, we had to rebuild him, and it took years, and it's and you can see him just like literally Cataris is in pain with how bad this whole process has been. I love that. I do. I'm. Uh, I think we've exhausted. Uh, all the directions just could have gone in, but I do want to throw one more out for people's. know uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, not it. enough. Not enough. Uh, yeah, you, you know, don't my, think we've exhausted One of my commentaries for I think the third, the second and third one was like, hey, these are a hyper advanced level of machine. Why don't they just build a tower outside of the that goes up into the clouds to get sunlight? And like, could we have not figured out a way from the machines like, hey, guess what? We don't need humans anymore. So now we're gonna commit a mass. Like extinction level event for humans, and we have to fight against that. That's something interesting as well. Although not to me, not as interesting as like the culmination of the, you know the humans and, and machines. And then maybe oh by the way, and go bamping off the humans and machines one. What if there's a bunch of humans that are like I want to stay in the matrix. I'm on the old. I'm on the architect yeah. side. You know, I don't want. I don't want to be back out there. I like this. This is cool. I have superpowers in here. Anyway, lots of way that could have gone, but it only went one way. Tim, can I hit you with that plot? Please do, ladies and gentlemen. The Matrix Resurrections. That's right, Paris. I still know Kung Fu. We kick it off with traditional, albeit updated, green logos and theme. Okay. Now thing. Yeah.
3: a little
0: Easter egg here. Mm-hmm. For the first time ever in the intro, some of the green is going
2: up, not just down.
3: Yes.
2: Interesting. Ooh, I get it. Coming from the ground. Uh, we get the lines of code. Very good. Now we get the title. Cool. Where's that DOS prompt? Great. What about that dial-up sound? sick? <laughs> Um, Bugs calls Zeke C, C, uh, to tell him she's in. She found some type of old modal, modal one hundred and one, and she wants to check it out. But of course, someone is tracing their signal, and Zeke is worried that the general will be mad at them. And Bugs is uh, is fishing again. We're getting a lot of like, okay, I, a lot. Of I ice. immediately, I'm like, this seems really
4: familiar. And we also have Zeke like coming in like a weird ghost. And I'm like, oh, what a cool concept that the 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 who's ever, you know, operator. Managing yeah. the operator can actually
2: like now show himself like, oh, like things have progressed. This is cool. I really love that. It does get a little visually confusing later on the line when um obviously I'm dumb and I don't pay attention to stuff a lot of times. And every once in a while, you'll see Zeke in one of the scenes, and it will cut, and he's in the operator's chair, and you're like, "Wait,
3: what?"
2: So I wish they could have visually yeah. differentiated him being I, in I there. I think they
4: did, and I think he just didn't notice it because it was like a bunch of him. Like he was a little transparent, and he wasn't complete, right?
2: Oh, really? He was just, okay. Like,
4: upper torso a lot of times, but I could be okay. wrong. I
2: know. I watched it. I watched it on my the first time on my OLED, and then the second time on my computer monitor closer. So my, my, that sec might not have come through because it might have been just been like 1080 uprest. Anyway. Um, I do kind of miss the concept of the the person in their ear, though. I think that was... A little cleaner to do, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Interesting concept. Cool to see the tech uh, evolve. Uh, then we get into it. It's just a redo of the opening scene from the original Matrix, only these aren't my agents, and this isn't Trinity. The characters have been swapped out, and we get introduced to a new Agent Smith uh, played by Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, who is freaking awesome. Oh, my God. He completely underutilized. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's yeah. unfortunate. Not
2: not it is, he's it's just so fucking
0: rad. Like, every yeah. single thing I've seen him in, I love him, even if I don't love the thing. And it's rare I don't love the thing. I think Candyman was the worst thing I've seen him in, mm, and he, he wasn't was the so problem good. in that He was, movie. Right he, was he was fantastic. So yeah, and obviously Watchmen and and all that stuff is so good, is so fucking good. Yeah. But him as Morpheus, I what I appreciate is he was Morpheus when he was supposed to be in this movie. Unlike what I was saying about Agent Smith, where Jonathan Jonathan Groff was not Agent Smith.
2: Uh, agreed. Oh wait, I clicked off of it. Kevin, still time. Do a little dance. Never mind. We're back. Uh, let's see. He has he gets a great line. No, you know, Lieutenant. you fucking missed out, just so you know. Yeah, <laughs> a good, man. We'll get you later. Uh, no, Lieutenant, your men are already dead. And he delivers this line perfectly because it's almost like a parody of the original uh, delivery of it. And, of course, we know that he's not this character anymore. He has evolved past this because he's been exploring this environment for a while because he's been stuck in this modal for years. Uh, then we go over to Trinity and she does the kick and all that stuff and kicks ass and then Bugs realizes that, hey, he's like, wait a minute, this is really, really familiar, this is where it all began, but this is not how it was supposed to go down. Uh, they chase her up to the the, the roof and they track, they, they trap Trinity and then Bugs inadvertently gets involved. Uh, this, we get that scene from the trailer here where she flips off the building and then flips down onto the street and she runs into, uh, the key shop. Uh and of course the key shop has been uh she gets when she gets in there, she gets dragged into the door uh by Agent Smith. Uh I just got lost in my own script. Hold on. Oh. Oh, by the way, the sign says I think Anderson's or something like that. That's the the mm-hmm. one she flipped off of, which is another little bit of a
0: it's a fun thing. Because it's like Easter eggs within the video game. So that th- at this mm-hmm. point, it is still treating it like it's a video game that he is making in, in the real world, it's kind of like going to playing Grand Theft Auto and going to the mall, and all the fucking places have like stupid like names that reference developers and all that stuff. Like I think it's, I think it's kind of cool to see a lot of the the names of the places, like, even the Simulaté and all that shit. That's a, a little more on the nose, purposefully. Mm-hmm.
3: Cool. Yeah, I don't mind
2: that. And this this is my first I was like, Okay, we're doing something interesting here. We're we're
3: mm-hmm. we're
2: calling back to these things but there's a purpose for that and so I don't mind it so much. Uh of course she gets dragged into the white hallway that we're all very familiar with and then it's through the next door which is into Neo's apartment, only if I'm not mistaken, it was it was like flipped the way all of it went down. Um and she says, My name is Bugs, as in Bunny. Uh, she tells Smith he's in a modal, a simulation used to evolve programs. so Smith knows exactly where he is, of course, and what his job is to do. Uh, he has to hunt down and destroy sentience, and yet, here that he is, of course, Smith realized uh, no one was ever in the key shop, so he got curious and started looking, and then he started evolving, and now they're where they're at, and she looks around and finally realizes, she goes, oh, my God, we're in Thomas Anderson's apartment. Maybe you know him by his real name, Tim. Neo. Neo.
3: <laughs>
0: pretty cool. Wow. A uh, fun little bugs thing here, so yeah, so bugs. Bunny, Bugs Bunny, owned by Warner Brothers. Obviously, there's a lot of, like, commentary going on there. But one thing that's cool is also just the White Rabbit idea. Uh, follow mm-hmm. the White Rabbit, follow Bugs Bunny. And when she sees Neo in the real world, at some point she says, What's up, Doc?
2: Fun stuff. Yeah, interesting. Uh, most people think Neo's dead, but Bugs knows he's not because she saw him a long time ago when she was washing windows. and he Pretty cool. I, when, when I saw this movie, this at this point,
0: I was still like, I'm into this. Having just rewatched all these movies, the window wipers and all this stuff, Mm -hmm. and the symbolism of, like, rain and things coming down also kind of being code, and we see it later uh, when Neo, like, gets the the text message or whatever, and he's running through the office, and, like, the sprinklers go off, and, like, he's, like, looking at all the fucking water come down. It's like, oh, he sees the code. Like, Mm -hmm. I I think they did a good job of, again, this is all the intrigue part, and the intrigue is fun. It's answering questions Mm -hmm. of what's going on, and things start falling apart. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. Um, it, it I, lo- I like the. Uh, I forget the name of the the phrase they use for it, but the the concept of like how you appear to yourself is not how you appear to everyone else. Like, have they hide you behind a new face that you don't even know you have?
7: Digital self image.
2: Yeah. Wasn't um, yeah, the DI, yeah, I think, yeah. or, or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I love it. She looked at it's a trip, right? Cause the first time she looks up at him, it's a different actor and it's only for a few frames. Yeah? And mm-hmm. it cuts back to her when it cuts back to it. It's Keanu Reeves. So you, I, I thought to myself or the viewer thinks himself, "Did I just imagine that. Did I just like, I had to roll it back and be like, Oh no, that's a different actor. That's interesting. So,
0: so I was talking to, to my friend, um, over the break who was like starkly defending this movie. And I was, I was a little shocked by the take. And I don't think that they said anything that like won me over. But one thing that I thought was like semi interesting, uh, is the idea of the first movie being such a representation of the Internet in
3: 1999,
0: right? And, like, the ideas of what the Internet is its the dark mm-hmm. web. And uh, or even I was asking you guys, like, what is Neo or what is Thomas actually doing? <laughs> like, what is he <laughs> selling? Like, I know, but, like, what, what is he? like the Illegal photoshopped. That's just weird, right? But whatever. That's what the internet was then, compared to the internet being a very, very, very different thing now. And back then, the internet was so tied to phone lines, which is how they get into the Matrix, or to the real world, through the phone lines. This movie doesn't do that. How do people get into the real world in this movie?
4: Mirrors. Mirrors, yeah.
0: Black mirrors. People see themselves in mirrors. Uh, We see Neo in the elevator, like, with the mirror looking at everyone Mm. on their phones, like, all of that stuff. And this, the idea of the DI, the digital image stuff, it's like, how do you portray yourself on the Internet? Like, what is, like, the way that you see yourself and put yourself out there? That, it's kind of cool, just saying. Kind of cool.
2: I mean, a lot of that stuff is symbolic, of course, yes. Um. Again, that's, that's those aren't the critiques I have with this movie. <laughs> Them getting in and out of mirrors, although I do, I wish there was a little explanation as to why that works. Because getting in and out of a of, of a, uh, a computer mainframe yeah, basically with a phone line makes sense, right? Yeah. That's how people used to connect to the Internet, which was this massive server and, base, and, and, you know, this reality that is online. That makes a lot of sense. How they dial in and out through mirrors, I would have liked a little bit of exposition on yeah. why that technical process works. Out. I agree. I think, yeah, I think that would have been strengthening
4: a little bit. But also there's the moment where they're like – oh, the mirror is too small for me to fit, and they're like, just get right. closer, and, like, it's all perspective. And it's just like that is an interesting idea that also is not, like, they do nothing with and it yeah. <laughs> falls apart really quickly.
2: Well, we also, like, I mean, obviously there's phones everywhere, so this critique is going to sound kind of silly, but the idea that you had to get to a specific pay phone – or a specific landline that that was routed for this, and that you could reroute to, mm-hmm. added tension to the story, specifically Absolutely. when they were being chased. But the concept of there's mirrors everywhere—it's like oh, I'm pretty sure you could just—I don't know—I don't know if that works the same way. In, <laughs> Isn't there mirrors in the everywhere?
4: movie, <laughs> in the movie, there are several scenes where they're like, "There's no mirrors any," like they're like, "You got to go <laughs> to this building," and it's like, "So you're telling me there's not a mirror in the bathroom right
2: now?" Okay. Any building that you're walking into, That's a probably ridiculous, building, probably not. like that's where but it's it,
4: just like it, you can. Right. It just doesn't feel like they they put the thought into it. They were just like, "Well, tables aren't a thing anymore. Uh, let's just do mirrors." And it'll the 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 visual of him touching the mirror in the first movie was so mm-hmm. cool. Let's yeah, let's but, tie that in.
2: And and I agree hundred percent. And someone was mm-hmm. like, "That's great." And that's and it's all about mirrors now. Until you realize, sort of like what that was kind of about for him in the first movie, right? That was the breaking down of his yep. reflection of himself in reality. When he reaches into the mirror and touches it, and his what he thinks of reality literally ripples out, and he can see that for the first time in himself in it, that's what that mm-hmm. meant to me. But he wasn't, wasn't going to push through into his therapist's house. That wasn't, <laughs> wasn't going to happen To that, right? But again, um, that, I thought that was a cool scene,
4: because suddenly it has this moment of like, oh shit, he's, can he be talked out of this?
2: Like that was, that list, was cool. I like the yeah. conflict, I think, for sure. Um, but I will also say the other thing that I would have liked a little bit of exposition on as well is how they're able to use all the portals. Um, I understand they probably evolved to figure out how that works, but, like, in the original trilogy, you had to have a key maker that could go and take you through all these doors, and he gave you sort of, like, the the, the path keys, right, to the back door mm-hmm. portals, which I think was that that was what that was supposed to – this one, I'm just like – a lot of the stuff that that was used as sort of like challenges to overcome in the first trilogy, this is just kind of like granted here. And if you're a longtime fan of it, you're like, it should be a little harder to use all this technology, but they get on a bullet train in Tokyo and I've been on a bullet train in Tokyo. So you know what, Tim, they get a pass for that one. Uh, Let's see. uh, Right here, uh, that moment that she looked at him and unlocked her mind and she was changed forever. Uh, And then of course we go over to Smith and he's like, yeah, same thing kind of happened to me. I was taking a shower one day and I was like, why would an agent need to take a shower? Or go, this, or go to the
7: gym and all this, yeah. Anyway,
2: any of these things like yes. No, I understand that a lot of the the, the world here is built into like this concept like there's hey there's bots everywhere, right? There are just these random uh bots that are all over this world that are yeah. living with real human beings yeah. who can be taken over at any given time. But we didn't really need that because the agents could take over real human Anyone. beings anytime they want. Yeah. Right. And he even has that line at the end of this where he's like, you've always wanted to be someone. I've always been everyone or whatever that is. But anyway, um, this is weird. I'm like, he's taking a shower. I never imagined an agent taking a shower. It's like when you see your teacher outside of school. You're like, whoa, get back in school. Get back (laughs) to where I know you from, sir. Uh,
4: Real quick, the horde mode thing
2: that they do. Swarm.
4: swarm. Uh, I just like, isn't that the same as like everyone turning into Agent Smith? So
0: it's just like, less cool like yeah. again this just goes back to like the 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 biggest problem for me with this movie compared to even the sequels is that at least revel or Sorry, Reloaded had, like, inspired action scenes and, like, ideas of choreography and martial arts and all that stuff.
2: This was kind of like, yeah, let's just do it again, but less cool. Mm-hmm. Now, I can explain the Smith stuff right here because this is a modal. This isn't the Matrix necessarily. Or at least it's a, maybe a portion of the Matrix that's been programmed by Neo himself. Mm-hmm. So the theory, my theory is that he programmed Smith to evolve in this thing. Keep doing a yes. to evolve, 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 yeah. and eventually become Into Morpheus, Morpheus right? That's yeah. the concept of it. Yeah. So that kind of explains why he has more to do, in my opinion, than an agent. But you think the Matrix would have picked up on this. Uh, anyway, he, for the first time, Smith knows who really is and understands his true purpose. He says, I am Morpheus and I have to find Neo. And Bugs is like, yes, we got ourselves a movie. Uh, she gives him a pill. Uh, and you're like, why, why would he need that? He's a program he's already doesn't matter uh he starts being all sorts Wait, of like we from, don't have to locate his body that's yeah, what the pill is right for. right That's you totally know what i mean the god uh, he literally has god. no body um she gives him the choice and then says and he's like why why'd i have to take this pill and then the character does the thing that i i really don't like when characters do when they say a lot of really smart words fast to explain to you mm-hmm kind of an aside the audience is like, well, let me tell you, I'm way smarter than everything that's going on here, but let me just boil it down for you right now. Back to the stupid character. You'll eventually figure out that choice is an illusion. You already know what you have to do. And he's like, I got to take the, the pill. And he starts freaking out. Uh, and then this is our first taste of it, Tim. Our first taste of, you know what the bullet time did for cinema back in 1998, Tim, 1998 mm-hmm. when the first missions came out, I hope to God doesn't happen for this slow-mo effect. That they used in this, and I swear to God, if, if all the Netflix original movies, which by the way is what this feels like, start using this terrible ramping effect that they did in Premiere, I'll just I'll start reading books again, Paris. God's <laughs> honest witness, I will just go back to the written word.
3: It I changed, hate to I hate
0: to say this because this sounds like such a like uh, people just give this criticism or like feedback to every single thing these days when it's like this. But like I do think this would have been so much better as a HBO series. That had more time to focus on That's plot. That's what I said. Yeah. Focus, focuses yeah. on plot and doesn't focus on all the crazy action stuff. Actually, like, subverts the expectation of what do people want from the Matrix bullet time? Don't give them any bullet time. Just focus on only the, the, the things that actually make the Matrix really but, special and good, which is the kind of, like, deep thought and <clears throat> introspective,
2: like, looks at things. Because this kind of just gets caught in the middle. But correct me if I'm this, wrong bullet time is not just them doing things in slow motion. Bullet time is where they freeze and we revolve cameras, around that character yeah. and then catch back up into time. So and if I'm not mistaken, and Chad, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think there's any bullet time in this entire movie.
4: Well, Here. well, no, not, not no. necessarily. Bullet time just means you're moving at the speed of bullets. So, like, essentially you're in super speed. But the the Matrix thing was, yes, everything... Pauses or slows down, then the camera moves, which we can do in real life with like an array of GoPros, and it's fucking awesome.
2: Oh, no, I mean, that's how they did it, right? right. They, they took a bunch no. of still cameras. It was all digital, well, no, they did. No, 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 you're they right, did it all right, practically.
1: You're right, you're right. You're right. You're right. So yeah,
2: if you you see that that green ramp, that's that was cool. like in in a cyclone. It was just all big ass DSLRs that were taking the pictures at yeah. the same time, yeah. so they could freeze it, turn it around. Anyway, long story short, is we don't we don't actually get that effect in here because that's hard. Uh, what we do get an
0: effect is the, like the bullet time is just the slow down stuff, like the Neil Patrick Harris talking mm-hmm. to Neil. That's bullet time. Is that right.
2: that's so that's the modern yeah. day bullet time? Man, that's a bad effect. Please hmm. God, don't let me. Yeah, know. that's I'm not going to catch on. I. Watching it this close to my monitor, I was like, I'm going to throw up. This is, like, it's slow-mo, but then it's also, like, it's, like, yeah, four it's frames flickering. a second that it's playing. Yeah. As, ah, it's just really bad. Not to be confused with the effects where carrie and Moss screams and it echoes her. Like, that was cool. That was cool. That was, that cool. was cool. But that's uh, also,
4: that's an Instagram filter. Like, yeah, yeah. You, right? know, that makes you, you know what I mean? So, it's like, good it's point cool has. the first time you've seen it, but, like, I've been able to do that. And then the, the flickers were different colors. So it's like, ugh. <laughs> You know, like, they could have done more, and it's just a bummer. Like, this makes me not want a Speed Racer too.
2: Oh, me too, Kev. <laughs> shut I mean, I up! Nick! You know it! Right, damn respect to Speed Racer! <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, I will say with Speed Racer, they did something very visually interesting in that movie Thank that i have never seen before. So I will say that. Uh, anyway... The chase happens, and they jump off a roof, and we get more bad slow-mo, and then they land in the street, and apparently that's another way you can get out of the Matrix. By just smashing through the streets, uh, we go over, and it shows us, of course, they're not in the Matrix at all. They're in uh, a modal that, uh within the Matrix that Neo has done. He's working on a game called Binary, uh, which will surely not be as critically acclaimed as his first game, The Matrix. Uh, he gets a crash notice on his model, uh, modal, uh, but the scene gets interrupted by the most annoying character in this movie, Jude. Uh, so they gotta go, Jude's like, I gotta get some coffee, right? Or no, I'm sorry, Neo has a coffee reminder because that's where he sees Trinity every day, so he goes there at 4 p.m. so he can get, get a glimpse of her, and Jude's like, I'll go with you, I'm gonna learn coffee. And he's like, I want to tell you, I want to tell you and the audience everything about the exposition of the first Matrix game so they really understand it was a game. Uh, but it turns out that Neo's really there to see Trinity, who walks in with her two kids. Dude uh, decides, like, listen, from all you've done for me, all those countless hours I enjoyed sitting alone in my room playing The Matrix, I will go play Wingman for you for Neo and annoy the shit out of her, excuse me, with Tiffany, uh, which turns out to be her real name, Tiffany. Great. Uh, they shake hands and they get that first feeling, uh, that hint of recognition. Well played by Keanu Reeves and, uh, and Carrie Ann Moss here. Yeah. I think they have really good... Yeah, great um, chemistry. Great chemistry. And then... Again,
0: this is so cool. Like, at this yes. point in the movie, when they, mm-hmm. when you see him he's like, there's something between them, but they're not quite sure. It's like, I'm just said i'm in i am totally like mm-hmm. interested in what's going on here and then of course the scene gets interrupted by the chad <laughs> Now, Tim. two things here nick. yeah two things Give one him. chad perfect name. Perfect. of course of course in a movie this on the nose and this meta and blah 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 of course the like the husband we're not supposed to like his name chad but it goes deeper nick it goes deeper oh, oh i know
2: you you do know? Oh, I'm well aware who this, of who this Chad is, but go for it for the rest of the audience. Go for it. You tell us. This is Chad Stahelski, who, if you're not familiar with, is the director of the John Wick series and was also neo stuntman on the original Matrix movies, which actually is a really a really cool yeah. piece of meta trivia that I love that they did. That that actually makes this movie a little bit cooler, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just a little. Which yeah. is, and also it's just great that that it's come full circle and Keanu was able to like put him in one of his movies and and, and actually put him out front. That's pretty cool. And also like maybe man when you meet Chad Stahelke maybe don't fuck with him because apparently he can do all that shit that that Keanu Reeves couldn't do in the original movie. So. Big dude. Uh, anyway, Neo checks back on his model 101, but it's been deactivated. He gets a call up to the boss's office, who is Smith. And when he walks in, he echoes the line, billions of people are just living out their lives, oblivious. And then we get the first of many flashbacks to the original Matrix movie. Not even a flashback. They just kind of show some of it.
4: Yeah. God, so many of these.
3: Uh, okay, I, love,
2: I love this. You did? Yeah, oh, I'll i you why. didn't. No, no, no. no the, I first time, the first time, I, okay. absolutely, I absolutely hated it but the second time watching it now with under the from the perspective of this is just a big old commentary on on Warner Brothers and reboot culture of like people are like just make it more like the original and a lot of which like fuck it i'm just going to put the original in this movie right. i'm just going to put it's like, uh, obviously reboots rely so heavily on the original movie, she was just probably like fuck it, let's just
7: put footage of the original movie in this movie yeah, and
3: give but people like, what but they, but, but, but they
7: want.
2: They people, they don't
7: really want that. But again, again, this is where I say great concept, poorly executed. You know who executes it really well? Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai takes oh old God. footage, puts it in there and it makes freaking sense. Damn, this was just crazy. lazy.
3: Yeah, this is afraid, just
4: yeah. like th- this. The way they do it makes you feel like, hey, we know you didn't rewatch two and three. Here's a clip, so you know who we're talking about. And I mm-hmm. get that, like, you know, that makes way more sense for Kubo Kai, because so many people didn't watch two and three,
3: you know, <laughs> or even
4: one.
7: Uh, no, I liked I it, no, I liked two, it. No, two was great, by the way. Let's not. Oh, plan
4: two it. and three are great. Four is terrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Yo, I'm not at all trying to compare this to Cobra because we all know where we all stand on this Cobra Kai is we perfect. Cobra Kai. perfect. I, I like this stuff. I think that this is like when the movie is at some of its strongest points. It, again, in terms of idea, not in terms of execution, what had mm-hmm. to say about the things. I like that this is, they're like, we're dealing with this head on. We're not going to allude to the original movie's being things we're talking about. It's like, no, no, no. We are actually talking about those specific actual events and in, in world diegetically, they are seeing this. They are experiencing this the same way. It's not mm-hmm. just like flashes. And dealing with uh, um, what it is flashes of uh, Keanu Reeves' character, depending on what level he's in at this point, Thomas or Neo, um, of the blue pills being prescribed, the pills from the analysts, and all this stuff. Like, I, I like how they did that, and they they actually made it
2: in world. It's just again, they didn't really do anything cool with it. Yeah. See, I wish I wish they had. Now, granted, listen. <laughs> you convinced Keanu Reeves to shave his head in this, you better not have fucked this up for John Wick. This better not be a mustache oh uh, situation like we got with Henry Cavill and uh, the movie that would have been perfect if it weren't for the fact that they had a cover up his mustache. You know, <laughs> Justice <League. laughs>
4: You are hilarious. Um,
2: but I would have loved if they could have recreated these scenes with current Keanu and just had him cut his hair to that short, and that would have, like, I think visually that would have fucked with me a lot more, where they're like, they show him with the mouth, but you're like, wait a minute, was he old? Therefore, like, nah, I don't know. I think that would have been cool. Anyway, probably not necessary, because they could just literally download the other movie from YouTube. Uh let's see. Smith asked him about therapy and whether or not he's had any episodes and then tells him that listen, like man, Warner we got a call out from Warner Brothers. They want us to make a sequel to the original trilogy and they made it clear they're not gonna they're gonna do it with or without us. He's like, Can they do that? And he goes, Yes, they can do that. They own the rights to The Matrix and they're gonna force us to do this and that is the theme of this whole movie. Yep. On Wachowski was forced to make this movie. She didn't want to do it. She didn't want to let it go to another, and, and see her, her this, this amazing project that made her career go to the hands of some fucking hack director. So she decided to tank it. Here we are.
0: I'm going to say, I don't fully believe it. I think she wanted to make this movie. I've been looking at some of the interviews and stuff, and I'm like, you know what? I don't think that she didn't want someone else to do it. I think she wanted to do this.
2: Maybe. Maybe. We'll never know. That's we'll true. That's
4: what's You know?
2: Um... Quote, we're still telling the same stories we have always told, just with different names, different faces. Uh, Neo gets a flash of the interrogation scene for the Matrix, uh, one, and then heads to his analyst's house talking through the day's delusions. Uh, this is where we meet the analyst, Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, he tried, he, Neo, of course, back in the day, tried where to... Where the hell does he I- live, Dick? I think that's um. I think it's like a make believe place in San Francisco. Yeah. I don't think that's an actual. <laughs> okay,
0: because I've lived it my whole life and like I,
2: I can't even Never imagine can. a place that's like that at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the other the other practical locations I recognize from being Fidei, but I don't know I don't it, know where that house is.
4: It struck me as like Sea mixed with with Marin.
2: Yeah, but those don't have that view. Of the, the, the
4: Marina. City. marina. Eye.
2: It was like it was like the view of the city was from like Oakland or from Emory. It was weird. But I, that's what I kind of like about that, because I was like, oh, that's a place that actually doesn't exist in San Francisco, therefore he's in the Matrix. Like, that's kind of cool. Um, Neo gets a flash of in the interrogation scene, heads the analyst, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, of course, we get a little bit of backstory when Neo tried to commit suicide, because he thought he was he was stuck in a computer simulation, uh, and that, and he's like, we're, we're not there yet, we've got pills that we're taking, and he gives Neo a refill on his prescription, which consists of just blue pills. And I will say, to speak positively about the production design of this movie, I love the design of these pills, I love that they're half shiny mm-hmm. and half dull. So that's Dude, as opposed hold to on. the NyQu- Nyquil pills from uh, the original Matrix series, Yeah, they yeah, just right? yeah, NyQu- yeah. the Nyquil logo off it. Like here you go.
3: They do that Again, now. Again, we...
2: pills
4: though, right? The, like the shiny. You can they they have ones that are shiny. Oh, they do. Yeah, I just yeah. think it's
2: cool. The
0: yeah, no, cool I things. think it's
4: cool too. It's a good effect. Yeah.
0: We still haven't hit the point in this movie that I started not liking it. Like, so far, everything yeah. that we've been talking yeah. about, I have yeah, been interested in, in this movie. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I loved the gaming stuff. I loved seeing the Game Award, and I love this is the most just, like, me-specific thing. But in the beginning of the movie, there's one shot of, like, just the name tag of the Game Award winner thing. And I was, immediately, I hit G. I'm like, yo, it's a fucking Game Award. And I yeah. only know that because yeah. Greg yeah. Miller has it on his desk. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, holy shit, this is it. And then they name-drop Game Awards, like – um we see uh, the the epic dude uh, is at the the party. Oh really? Why am I blanking on his name right now? Um, the owner of Epic, Billy Bob Thornton. Um, Billy Bob um, Thornton's Tim right Tim Sweeney, okay. yes, Tim Sweeney's there. And I was just like, yo, this is kind of cool. And I love that he they're at the like game, o- their, the uh, the awards party or whatever when he fucking attempts suicide. Like all of this was so cool to me, where I'm like him trying to like walk Neo walking off. A building, because he's not sure if it's real or not, mm-hmm. is peak Matrix Four to me. Like that is so cool of what that could have been. But again, intrigue versus
2: delivery. Mm-hmm. So, the, so, so the movie's still good for you guys at this point, right?
3: Yeah, no, no, I'm, 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 I'm still, still
7: in, still in, in at this point. point. And
2: let me put for your edification, one Christina Ricci in the next scene.
3: <laughs> Just <laughs> chewing up scenery like a <laughs> psychopath.
2: Yeah, and I'll tell you what, man. You got Christina Ricci in this film for fucking one scene, and this is how you use her? She could have been so cool as, like, a secondary bad guy. Like, you know, like, like someone who's, like, the – I mean, listen, we've all been in those corporate meetings, right, where Fran just drones on and on and on about synergy and all the cool buzzwords that we're going to use in Paris. Like, here's what we're going to do with the new website. Meanwhile, I'm just daydreaming about the day I could just Why do you have pick, to pick up master the cool – What's that?
3: Huh? What's that? Nothing. <laughs> no,
2: okay. Love, Fran. Everyone go watch him play New World. Uh,
4: let's do <laughs> it. can sell water.
2: <laughs> uh, of course, Christina Ricci is leading this brainstorming session, which which uh, and we're talking again must have been taken somewhere out of a brainstorming session that Lana Wachowski had with Real Life, with mm-hmm. Water Brothers. Because it's it's it, we run through a montage of all the stereotypes of tech people and people that work on games, all of, like, from their various perspectives, and they're all just completely uh, ridiculous as the Jefferson Airplane song White Rabbit plays, which again. That. You cannot get more on the nose than this, but like they committed, and I appreciate
0: when people commit,
3: and I, I just did. wish
0: that there was been there was more commitment like going forward because like up even this scene, I'm like I think this is the culmination of it all kind of coming together of like look
2: we're on the nose and we're only gonna deliver on the nose. But they were so on the nose that at one point, now I guess this makes sense because this is how the guy in the game would have delivered it, right? But one of the guys does a Keanu impression where he goes, "We need guns, lots of guns." It was sure. weird. Anyway, there's another one there where he goes, Ideas of the New Sexy, and I'm like, Tim, that's going to my Twitter bio from now on. Uh, Neo eats at a restaurant uh, with a quote on the board that says it's so much simpler to bury reality than it is to dispose of dreams, which, of course, is a low-key message to him because his reality has been buried in a game. Uh, and then the person at the checkout counter is uh, a grown-up Sati, but we just don't realize that yet. I was just like, I forget the actress's name. I mean, I,
4: mean, everything. I was like, really. <laughs> Instantly. <laughs> They're focusing on a character
0: that hasn't been introduced in this movie yet? There's somebody we know.
2: No, of course. Especially when it's... Oh, why can't I think of her name? Uh, Priyanka, Priyanka Chopra, right? Chopra. Jonas, by the way. <laughs> I think she's married to a Jonas brother. And no shit! It. Yeah. I think she's married to Nick. I don't know. Anyway, Priyanka
3: something you're mistaken. Priyanka
2: Chopra. I'm looking at her IMDb right now. This is Priyanka no, I'm Chopra I'm Jonas. My bad. There you wow. go. Um, I mean... It won't last, of course. You can't can't nail one of the Jonas Brothers down for that long, okay? Some birds have to fly, Paris. Uh, (laughs) 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 Anyway, she's there. She gives him a little, like, what's up. And then Neo eats a really great, greasy-looking steak that mirrors the one that Joe Pantoliano ate in the first Matrix. And we're reminded uh, that this kiosk is going to be all summed up in one word, Tim, bullet time. Neo throws his pills away. I didn't expect
7: him to
0: say that. And again, I like this. I, they right. could have said cool. They could have said
2: like so many other things, but like bullet time, it's just they're committing. Yeah, uh, and you know, of course, those has pulled uh, pills away and tries to put his fingers through the, the mirror, but it doesn't work this time. Uh, then he sees Trinity the next day at the cafe. Then he sit down for a little chat, and I love this scene. This, this again, this is this, the, the main the best part of this movie: the two of yeah. them together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he see more of them. <laughs> She says, "What was it like making The Matrix? Was like being a, a, you know, a world-renowned game designer?" And I think this was probably coming straight from from, from Lana Wachowski because uh, he says a lot of hours. Uh, sometimes it's amazing, you know, and, and sometimes it's amazing. He's like, we, "But you know, we made The Matrix and we kept some kids entertained." And I'm like, "Oh, I hope that's not how she feels about." The original matrix because it was amazing um but uh, we get more flashes from the original matrix when trinity asks who the main characters are based off of she sees a lot of similarities between herself and trinity uh including motorcycles she's like i make motorcycles which is cool because i think uh but i think in real life keanu reeves owns a motorcycle yeah he does company yeah Mm -hmm. arc arc motorcycles is that what it's called they're cool. They look cool. He rides a lot of motorcycles. Okay, and I swear to God, I hope he's safe because I want him to live forever. Oh, uh, let's see. Really but she says, really of course. Really when I told my husband that, he laughed at her and told him that, uh, which made her. He's like, well, how, I'm sorry about that. He, said, he goes, yeah, it made me want to kick him real hard. And for a second, we get a flash of the real Trinity, and it's fucking awesome. Uh, and Eo catches a reflection of Trinity in the glass, but the woman in the reflection is totally different than the one he's staring at. Uh, another one of those moments, uh, just like when Bugs saw Neo on the building. Back. At the office, a fire alarm goes off, the building gets evacuated, and Neo gets a text, just like in Matrix 1, telling him to go to the bathroom. Uh, and then, in another bit of commentary here, Tim, you can see it however you want, but Morpheus literally walks out of the toilet and then makes a comment about that, where he's like, he's like, I forget how he phrased it, but it was a perfect little comment of like, yeah. Is this is this uh, a commentary on what's going on or not? I don't know, but whatever. I look good. He fucking sure shit does look good. And just having a lot of fun with that character. Uh And then uh, cops bust in. Everything starts going haywire. And the sprinklers go off. Or actually, he offers him a pill first. And he's like, No, 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 I don't want that. Fight scene. Sprinklers go off because we need something visually interesting to look at because the choreography sure shit isn't getting it done in this movie. And then Smith looks down and sees a gun, and man, he gets triggered pun intended on that one, uh, picks up the gun, which is a desert eagle, of course, and then screams, Mr. Anderson. This and is the moment. moment. Yep.
3: This yep. is the moment. This <laughs> <Bell. laughs> so
2: is the moment. for is Is it because you guys are like, you think you're missing the obvious joke, right? Where someone goes, Mr. Anderson, what is my dad here? Man, just call me Tom. You're right, Nick. That's why I was that's bad. Why. Yeah. Okay, okay, my, dude, my, that, that actually would have been great. That would have <laughs> really great. <laughs> Mr. Anderson's my Dad, man. Uh. Anyway, boom. Yeah, I mean,
4: yeah. 100%. This is the, the exact moment where it's like, oh, no.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> everything, everything. it was like a teeter-totter, right? Where, like, which way is it going to go until this mm-hmm. point, And then it went right into the sand. Uh smith you some point blank boom right in the head and then bang we're back in the analyst office and we see the black cat deja vu. They rehashed the night Neo won the game award, uh which was the same night Neo tried to kill himself. Or, and or get out of the Matrix. Uh, Neo tells him that Morpheus tried to get him to escape, and Morpheus is a program that Neo encoded uh, to help him escape the Matrix. It's a really cool concept. Neo heads up to the roof. Of course, he's like, well, are you sure about that, or is it all in your mind? He goes, it's all in my mind. He goes, what do you think would happen if we went back to your office? Would we see it all burn on fire? or He's he like, no, you wouldn't, of course, because the analyst has had it redone thanks to the concept of Béjarbouw. Uh, which is funny that it's the cat's there. Neo heads up to the roof of his building, and we get more shots of the original Matrix, including Morpheus saying, free your mind. So he's like, screw it. He looks over, he sees a pigeon fly away, and he goes, it looks easy enough. So he climbs up, and he decides to take off uh, but Bugs pulls him back, and she explains to him that the first time she saw him, uh, she saw the real you for a moment, and uh, accepts when you jumped, you never fell. Everything just stopped, and then, like, redid itself, and she was free from that point on. Uh, she's like, you're going to get a call in a second, and it's from Jude. Jude's not a real person. He's a program meant to control you, and he's going to be with a bunch of agents, so just give him the the big old F you. Um, and then also we get an exposition that uh, the agents use bots now so they can look like anything. It's like, well, they could always look like anything. They could always just go through anyone. Anyway. It doesn't matter. Uh, she knows Neo left his modal open so that someone else could free Morpheus to help free him. She shows him uh, her white rabbit tattoo, and he's like, oh, yeah, i got to follow you now. Uh, and they walk through a door of blinding light uh, onto a bullet train in Tokyo. Uh, because, of course, quote, a moving plat- portal it makes it harder to track. Uh, she also mentions that they don't have to run phone booths anymore either. And they're like, cool, why not? And she just looks at him, blinks a couple times, and she goes, "Mr. Bugs, <laughs> Mr. Bugs was my dad, man. It bugs,
3: <laughs> oh, it, man. I it I could have been it. so cool. Could have been
2: so cool." Uh, anyway, she takes them through another door, and they wind up in an old theater. Why they didn't go straight to the theater is beyond me. But uh, showing scenes from Morpheus, I kind of like how this is shot, except these aren't scenes from the original movie. These are scenes from the video game. That is, I mean, they have a lot of good technology in this, man, because the ray tracing in this is fucking unbelievable, uh, largely because it's just real footage of the original movie. Um, Neo asks the ultimate question, is this all real? He's like, if this is all real, then didn't I die? Why did the machines bring you back, and no one has an answer for that yet? Uh, but that's later to be a bug's no knows that they uh, hide them in plain sight. He doesn't look anything like himself now, thanks to an altered DSI. Uh, That was the term we were looking for earlier. Uh, It's been over 60 years. He's like, well, it's been 20 years. He goes, no, actually, it's been 60 years since he and Charity flew into the machine cities, but they don't know why he hasn't aged. Maybe he could be found uh, because, and then uh, Morpheus, of course, comes in and says, maybe he could be found because you didn't want to be found. Maybe there's truth to the rumors that you were working with machines the whole time, which actually is kind of true because he was working with machines. Uh, Morpheus gives him the choice: truth or live in the same day over and over again for eternity and Neo has the best line this, this is the best Keanu Reeves delivery ever he just goes
3: fuck <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then he takes the pill and puts it in his hand and then the, uh, everything starts going crazy and he puts his hands in the mirror only this time he looks over and sees his analyst and Neo Patrick Harris is like you're in my house like you walked here whatever what's going on just come to me come to my voice and grabs him and tries to pull him through and of course Bug sees that she pulls him out and shoots the mirror and shatters and then a bunch of agents come in and start swarming the place, uh, shooting up the joint, to the, and they go back to the bullet train, but the bots get activated to swarm mode, and you're thinking, oh, that's going to be really cool, and you'd be wrong, because this seems kind of boring and kind of jumbly shot, and you're like, oh, God, all these... Whatever. Uh, Neo tries to fight, but the bad slow motion seems to be having a negative effect on him, just as it did on me. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
3: uh,
2: so, uh, uh, Seek tells them all to jump through a little tiny mirror, and she's like, "We can't do it." It's like it's a matter of perspective. Just get really close to it, and I was like, "I don't know if that's how perspective works, but whatever." whatever yeah, it's such along a
4: poorly executed scene. Yeah, like, I'm sorry, wait, another what? concept that could have been cool, but instead right. it's yeah.
2: just no. So Neo, of course, uh, punches his arm through it, and as he does that, his arm punches through the ambionic fluid, through his pod, and he he awakens in the real world, and we see not one pod, but two pod, uh, two pods facing each other, the other of which houses Trinity. And he's
0: like, Trinity! And now, like, I will say, for this scene, I, I do not like it, but it triggered the intended feeling out of me, which was nostalgia, yes. of of seeing them in the pods. It was a moment that I think that they put in the right moment of this movie to make me go oh shit i didn't expect to see this and the problem with that though is that i immediately start take myself out of watching the movie to start thinking i'm like why did i not expect to see this of course this was going to happen you know what i mean like that's kind of the problem is it just starts falling apart but there was a uh, was a single moment where i was like whoa this is cool seeing this again
2: uh of course before he knows it, a big old June bug-looking machine comes over and frees him, and then another kind of French bulldog-looking <laughs> machine grabs him and flies him away as Trinity tries to reach out for him, and it's really sad because when he when he leaves, she, like her hand just goes back into the goo, and he's like, Trinity! And she goes, which is her way of saying Dio with that shit in her mouth. Anyway, uh, we <laughs> we see more positive Harvesters, and I'll say this. To speak positively about the effects in this movie, um, because I tear a lot of them apart, the CG looks great here. I think all of this looks really stunning, and this is what you'd expect after seeing a movie that's updated from a 20-year-old movie. Uh, They lay Neo down, uh, uh, face down, uh, and he doesn't have hair or beard. And again, (laughs) if this messed up anything of the John Wick shooting, I will never forgive these filmmakers. They jack Neo into a construct, and Morpheus chooses some scenery, uh, having learned a lot about himself and of Neo. He tells Neo, he's like, listen, everyone's written you off. Your die your body's dying. Uh, oh, excuse me. Before he does that, he goes, I'm. He goes, I know who I am. I'm an amalg kind of a combination of your two greatest forces that help make you, which are Morpheus and Smith. Uh, he's like, but guess what? Your your brain's hooked on all that Matrix, all that like all that good stuff the Matrix had you on for a long, long time. So your odds of survival are very small. Uh, but guess what, there is nothing a little kung fu can't <laughs> fix. Because I know what you need, and they go to the dojo. Cocktail in hand, I might, I might add, he still has his uh, martini when they go to the dojo, which I find funny. Uh, so they start getting it on there. He says, could this be the first day of the rest of your life? But if you want it, you got to fight for it. And he goes, no, I'm done fighting. And then just Morpheus beats Neo's ass into the floor. Uh, Neo, of course, spits blood in real life. Hey, do you remember when that happened in the first ten movies? There it is. Uh, he says, they taught you good. Maybe you believe their world was all you deserved, but some part of you knew that was a lie. Some part of you remembered what was real. And then Neo catches one of his puns, and he's like, you don't
3: know me. And
2: there's a lot of editing in the scene, so if you were hoping that a lot of them they just let the choreography play out in one shot like they did in the original Matrix, that'd be hard. Let's not do
3: mm-hmm. that. Yeah, <laughs> and honestly, like, that,
0: that is such a disappointment, because like these scenes in the first movies, first movies specifically, were so good and so well thought out and engaging because they focused on martial arts. And yeah. with this, yeah. it's like, there's not only a lack of focus on the martial arts aspect of it, but This is uh, one of the first moments in the movie for me where it's like, cool, it's going to be what you saw before, but we're doing it slightly differently. The slightly different take they had on this wasn't different enough and wasn't really interesting or compelling at all. So we're kind of just seeing a lesser than version of what had come before. And I think up until this point, when it's the one-to-one recreations, they always added an element that made it the, the intrigue that I keep talking about, but here there was no intrigue here. It's like, okay, Cool. Which is getting Neo back to where he was? Question marks mm. like that's not as interesting.
2: Uh, of course, as the fight progresses, Morpheus continues to hype him up and says, "I know you because I know the only thing that matters to you is why you're here, why you're still fighting, and why you'll never give up." Uh, he says, "This is your last chance. You gotta fight for your goddamn life if you want to see Trinity again. Fight." For her, and as he says that, Neo in real life grips the, the arm of his mm-hmm. uh, little dentist chair real hard, and then summons all of his power and throws just a mighty Hadouken at it, Morpheus and blows the top off the whole joint. And it's actually kind of a cool moment. Uh, Bugs and Neo have a good scene about how the Matrix weaponizes everything that's important to us. Whether uh, where better to bury the truth inside something as ordinary as a video game is what she says to him, and he says, "You sound like the Oracle." And she goes, "Oh, well, just in case you were wondering, she's gone." She was gone Mm -hmm. before I was free. When the Matrix was re-uploaded, there was a purge. And he's like, oh, they promised us peace and gave us a purge. He goes, no, there was actually peace. You changed everything. Uh, You changed a lot, actually, more than you know. So she takes him on a little tour of the bridge, introduces us and him to the crew. We get Sequoia, uh, short for uh, Seek, short for Sequoia, Uh, Lexi, Berg, and Elster. Uh, She also introduces the new uh, Synthians, uh, Zabebe, Octacles, and the Decepticon from Transformers 1. Oh my uh, God, you're right. The one that turned into the boombox. Yep. I hate that you just brought that into my mind, Nick. There it is, right there. Somebody was like, someone's like this. It's totally original. And the other guy was like, I don't know, man. I think I might have seen this one in a really old movie. It's like well, World War <laughs> 16. It doesn't matter anymore. Remember that oh, really yeah. old movie, Empire Strikes Back? Man? Oh, Nick, yeah. just,
0: you're just driving it into my heart my soul. <laughs>
2: Uh, it turns out another cool concept here. Neo's presence in the Machine City that day, uh, that he went to go barter with them, had a huge impact on the Machine world. Uh, they want sentient lights. So they become the Synthians. Uh, they don't. They don't want to be called machines anymore. They want to be thought of as a new thing. Uh, that's the thing Neo changed. The meaning of "quote unquote" our side. Who's on our side now? Uh, which I was like, that's really cool. I hope the rest of the movie is about that. It's not. Morpheus forms. Uh, Morpheus takes a physical form via a really cool effect called the exomorphous particle codex or exomorph for short, which gives the program the access to real life world. Um, although how it does that is beyond me. Cause you would think you'd need some sort of emitter and trans, and like and signal emitter and you can't go too far away from that. But it turns out once he's in the real world, he can just take off wherever the heck he wants to go and not have to be close to any of the ships whatsoever. which is kind of strange to me, but whatever. Uh, maybe, maybe that's like a really, really strong wifi signal in these ships that can go, like, 10, 15 miles.
3: Uh, Neo asked Maybe. the other
2: pod. He asked about the other pod, Housing Trinity, uh, but the place is, is on lockdown. I'm like, listen, we're not going to lie. This place is really, really hard. Despite what happened in the third act, this place is really, really hard to yeah. get to. Okay. Uh so Bebe can't even get in there anymore. Uh just persona non grata or their persona non grata. Uh they approach the gates of what you think is Zion at first, but it turns out it's not Zion and it's just like Batman where they go through the wall, the wall's like, but it's fake. And they're like, Oh, it was a hologram the whole time. They're like, Yeah, we're still hiding from the machines and Neo doesn't it's like why? Why are you hiding from the machines? Are you at war with the machines still? And they're like, Well, kinda, of, but not kinda. Of. They're actually at war with it themselves. It doesn't matter. This is not Zion, this is Io. Uh, which is just the, the hardest word to write because I always think it's just ten or low. I can never remember that's yeah. an I. Uh, unless I gotta take a different font, uh, but it's pretty much just Zion with a cool Las Vegas bioscope, uh, which is cool. I don't know like if this a, is
0: the scene or if it were, if it's later or earlier or wherever it is, but when they're talking about the machine Civil War,
2: I mean,
3: this it's and was shot. Right. They're about to get up to it right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, Just just
0: real quick, one little, like, uh, production, like, or not production, but just a a tidbit that I liked was the blue and red kind of Mm -hmm. firepower going back and forth, Mm -hmm. which is very Transformers, very Decepticon Mm -hmm. Autobot of, like, good guys, bad guys. I do like that it's a little flipped on its head where the bad guys are blue. And the mm-hmm. good guys are red, because the red pill, the blue pills are the people that want to be the machines uh, and all that.
2: So I like but that.
0: that was kind of cool, but I might be the only person in the world to care.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, when they I, land? I, I, go ahead. I, nothing, nothing does matter. Okay. Uh, when they land, they're greeted by none other than General Niobe, Uh still played by J.D. Pinkett Smith, only with I'm marked out. And lots. Uh, I, didn't, I I couldn't get past the bad makeup, Yeah, to be honest with you. same. same. So bad. It's just so impossibly bad. And her walking around like an old person the entire time, I was like, oh, God. This is just
3: not what the I, really taking I was taking like, cool,
4: this it. works. I also liked the whole, like, I didn't believe in the prophets, I believed in the man thing and, like, how that tied into things later, and, like, it's cool.
7: Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I uh, still say that should have been Larry Fishburne.
0: Oh, I definitely. mean, yo, Paris, you're, you're right. Like, honestly, that would have been way better, way cooler, especially if – there was also uh, Yaya still being in this movie, and yeah, then you right. see Larry Fishburne as a Morpheus. Oh, my God, that would have been incredible. That would have been so much cooler than what we got. I, I still did get that. Again, I'm a fucking sucker for nostalgia. Like, mm-hmm. There's a lot of things this movie tried to do and did even that like spoke to me in a way where I'm like, hey, look, I'm one of those dumb motherfuckers that just wants, wants the shit that I'm looking for, and they gave yeah. it to me
2: in, in certain ways. Uh, of course, Naomi is like, listen. Uh, Bugs is like, he's the one. She goes, I don't believe in the one. I never did. And Keanu uh, responds by saying, No, but there was a time you trusted me with your ship, uh, which is nice. Uh, she takes uh, she takes the mimosa uh, away. I don't even. I can't. I cannot say this word. Nem- Nemesine, I think Nemesine is how you say the name of her ship. Away from Bugs and grounds the whole crew. Uh, Naomi tells Neo she doesn't want war. She just wants what everyone in San Francisco wants. Silence. Uh, and maybe walks Neo around their botany lab uh, where they're doing all sorts of cool stuff with the aid of the DI and uh, uh I love this scene. I think there's a lot here, and I think it's super cool, especially the concept of they were like, here, try the strawberries. Like, where did you guys get strawberries? I thought these were gone. They're like, we reverse engineered the code from the Matrix to come up so with cool. the, the DNA strand the DNA to yeah. create a strawberry. I'm like, that's so cool. <laughs> that is a really yeah. cool concept.
0: And again, it's not only cool as a concept, it's cool as a concept for the like kind of meta deep thinking stoner shit of the Matrix where it's like so really going back to what Paris keeps talking about, why don't we all just blue pill? Like if what you're seeking so desperately is the taste of strawberries, why don't you just just go all in? Why do this fight? Why do all this other stuff? But Uh I like that even in the real world there's still like there there's better things in there. Let's take them. Like,
2: that's a cool concept. Cool concept. Uh... She says, back in the day, we believed it was us or them. Uh, this city, of course, was built by us and them. The truce with the humans, of course, caused the scarcity and power, which made them go to war with each other, uh, which gave rise to a new power, which I assume is the analyst and or whatever is mm-hmm. running the matrix. Now, she says, nothing causes the war quite like scarcity, which is an interesting concept. Uh, Morpheus was elected. Uh, should, we, there's a statue of him, so I can only imagine he was elected god, uh, but he couldn't see the forest of <laughs> the trees with a new power rising and I guess died as Zion was destroyed through the war. Do we know what happened
3: here?
2: I wrote this part back and I was like, I don't know why he died or how he died. Or why this war had anything to do with the humans at all.
7: Yeah, not... That's where it wasn't 100% clear, but it sounds like the humans got caught up in the Civil War and part of the casualty was, was Zion. Because, right. because Morpheus believed too much in everything that Neo fought for instead of doing what Niobe did and basically... Let's protect ourselves from all of this. That's how I took it anyways. Mm. Uh, which which means
4: that it's not canon to the Matrix online. Like, right, because like he's
7: assassinated Matrix. in the Matrix, yeah. Yeah, mm.
4: and it's like, well, then then they should have just had him in here. God damn it.
2: Right. Uh, Naomi orders Neo put in confinement until they can figure out what's going on, and during the elevator ride out, Shepard, who is in my opinion, the least fun character in this whole movie. Uh, geeks out about him. He tells him things aren't different now. Sometimes it feels like people gave up. And then he asks if uh, Neo can still fly, and Neo uh, nods, uh, and it's great. Uh, or, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Morpheus trickles down a drain pipe. That's
4: also, real quick, the whole, like, Morpheus not being able to get it up and fly thing, weird.
7: You know? Oh, you mean Neo. You mean Neo. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah.
4: Neo, Neo not being
7: able to to... <laughs> Maybe Morpheus can't get it up either. That's <laughs> yeah, <whatever. But> like, <laughs> yeah.
3: what
4: happened. What a silly thing to put in there. It's like, oh, until uh, Trinity could fly, then he could fly. And it's like, all right. Hey, man.
2: takes two to tango. Uh, it was all
0: worth it just for that, Nick. Thanks.
2: Morpheus trickles out of a drain pipe, and I can't help but think they need some sort of like, this, how do these magnetic balls work? Anyway, they bust him out, and General and Naomi has warned that Bugs spill back her ship. And uh, they spot Trinity in the Matrix, but uh, Bugs asks a tough question. She's like, what if she's happy there?" And she doesn't want to go. And he was like, well, what does her code look like? And she's like, well, it looked a lot like yours. And he's like, well, there's your answer. She's not happy. She's conflicted. But if I can't be what I was, she's, and then he asks, what if I can't be where I once was? And then he says, and then we're all fucked. And I was like, okay, well, there you go. Getting old sucks. They enter through a hotel mirror and take a porthole over to an abandoned warehouse. Uh, Berg and Lexi have a conversation about Neo being old, which I'm sure mirrors a Reddit thread somewhere. Uh, and Smith shows up and tells Neo he can't let uh, Neo take Trinity or or uh, alive or the analyst won't let Smith go free. So uh, he has to kill Neo right here and there. And he's brought some friends to him. The exiles led by none other than the Merovingian who absolutely 100% should not have been in this film and this scene is like a bad sequel to a Highlander movie.
3: It's like so terrible. <laughs> yes.
7: That's, it's a great one. That's a great analogy.
2: God, it's bad. And the first character we see, like literally, his is like as <laughs> yeah. they walk by. You're like, why would any?
7: Why did they
3: do this? I just, don't, I just don't
0: get it. I think that's the problem is, like, the, it gets so convoluted, and this starts feeling like two and three in terms of, like, sequels of, like, yo, y'all just went a little too hard in the things that didn't matter. Like, the let's just throw random-ass words, like, modal into this shit. And mm-hmm. in the beginning of this movie, when they did that, I was like, okay, cool, you defined it enough, and this makes sense. But by the time we get to the Merovingian, and he is just here being a fucking psychopath, like, yes. he looks like the train man from... Three, right? Yeah. But like, is it is that an illusion? Is, is that a is that does that have any relevance or not? Because he also looks like Robin Williams in
2: Jumanji. Yes, he looks exactly like when he comes back from Jumanji. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah.
2: it's ridiculous. Uh, he gave him nothing to do, and it's again another missed opportunity because the Merovingian being there not as an exile, but as another character, his same character that one that got rewritten could have been cool. He could have been the boss, right? Totally. There could have been a lot of
0: cool things. Uh, Nick, you were, I don't know if you were on headphones when I was talking about this, but I read the transcript of what he was actually saying during Anything his like fight. Mm.
2: Uh, it's, I mean, I, I don't
0: need
7: to repeat it. It's, 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 just insanity. Like, yeah.
0: it's, it's just like, it's just pure, it's the most kind of like, if you were to ask someone, what are the themes of this movie? Like, what is this movie about?
3: Mm-hmm. And like, the bu- in,
0: but only tell me buzzwords. Yeah. And then someone told you the buzzwords? It's just,
2: he's screaming those buzzwords as people fight. The scene is unacceptably bad. Uh, And it's capped off, of course, the fact that Neo blocks a punch and goes, I still know Kung Fu. Ah! I think this actually might have been the spot where I paused this movie and came back and finished it the first time the next day. I was like, I don't think I can take any more of those. i got to stop. Uh, anyway, Smith tackles Neo to the ground below and punches him, Punches another support beam. It's like, just like old times, except we need to edit the hell out of all these scenes to make it passable, since no one really wanted to take time to nail the choreography. Uh, Neo forces, force stops a punch, a bunch of punches, and then Smith punches him through a support beam and tells him he's not what he used to be. We just keep hammering that fucking theme home. Then Smith does the multi-punch thing, but it doesn't matter. Music here sounds kind of like a bad horror movie. Uh, Smith tries to cave Neo's head in with a sink, and Neo uses his power bubble, a.k.a. uh, what I call now the uh, choreography workaround, uh, to blast Smith into the Matrix 5. Uh, Neo heads to Trinity's bike shop, but uh, she wants to pump the brakes because she had a dream that all this would end in a chase and they would die or it would end, and it's not good. Of course, the analyst interrupts the scene, and this whole thing is just just bad. The visuals here are terrible. I don't like this effect of the slow-mo. It didn't need to happen. He could have just been walking around them as they're in slow-mo. It would have been a much cooler and cleaner effect. And yeah, I personally find this kind of nauseating. Uh, the analyst was there when Neo died. He had to convince the suits up top to rebuild him in Trinity, and they worked real hard. Why Trinity? I don't know, because they didn't know he needed Trinity at that point. But apparently he had a, he had an inkling. It took him years to reactivate his source code, which I guess means his life. Uh, he was about to give up until he realized Trinity was a missing piece. Every uh, simulation they ran where the two of them bonded, bad things happened, but he figured out if he keeps them just close enough to kind of torture them, uh, the power output he would get for them would be ridiculous, and he's been setting records ever since. Uh, His predecessor, of course, the the architect, was all about logic and efficiency, but the analyst figured out a better way to get more output is by manipulating people's feelings.
4: He was torturing everyone, right? Like He put that policy to to everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think he got a lot.
2: For some reason, Neo and Trinity were like the lock and key to this this whole thing. Mm. Uh, he orders one of his bots to shoot a slow-motion bullet at Trinity so we can really hammer the point at home. He says, the best part, people stay in their pods, happier than a pig and shit. The key to all of this is you and her, quietly yearning for what you don't have while dreading losing what you do have. For 99.9% of your race, that is the definition of reality. Desire and fear, baby. Uh, just give the people what they want. Uh, come home before, and he tells them, come home before something terrible happens, uh, and he stops, he stops the bullet. Uh, and then they leave the Matrix. That's it. they like, okay. And they get an earful from <laughs> it's the like, other.
3: Okay. It's
2: like, oh, they don't have to do anything. Uh, and then a big silver bird comes and takes them to a restaurant. The manager, uh, who turns out the whole time was a grown-up Sati. Uh, remember her father? That's right. He designed a resurrection pause where Neo and Trinity were imprisoned up in a place called the Anomalium. I think I'm, I'm a Liam So pianist. this is just
0: so complicated, and it's like,
2: in 20
0: years, if we're going to look back at this and be like, oh, this is good, and, like, like those no. video essays no. or whatever those no. are no. No way. in 20 years, saying it's good, because, like, I, I'm just so lost where I'm like, I'm
2: disinterested is more what it is than lost. It's boring. It's boring it's because boring they, 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 this, is, this is what you would, like, you're writing to barely keep ahead of the train as it's going And that's – instead of planning and and writing something else, this is just like – this smacks – a lot of this smacks with, like, second draft territory where you needed about four more rewrites of this bad boy. Uh, Also, it's just – yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, The analyst has halted a reset of the Matrix because he knows something. He knows that Matrix will return to his pod because he has a a trump card there. It's Trinity's – it's Trinity. He can kill her. Uh, Now they have an opportunity. Uh, bugs volunteers to go on this crazy mission as do the other captains, and you know, we tell them all to knuckle up and good luck. Uh, Trinity is being held in the anomalyum. They hack a harvester. So they're like, it's really hard to get in here. we gonna? No one has access to this thing. Well, Why don't we hack a harvester and have a harvester take us in because they have access. It's really, really hard. Then Morpheus can dive through a shield and then go up the ambionic cord that used to feed Neo. and He'll go into his pod and then he'll get in. And then once that happens... Um, bugs will just fly in with Zabebe. She just fly in.
3: God.
2: <laughs> like here's the thing. I'm sure there was something in there I missed of like he Why? I mean, why other, couldn't
4: but... Zebebe Like, I thought she couldn't get back in. <laughs>
2: couldn't get back in. <laughs> like, like, like,
4: what?
0: On, a, Reloaded and revolutions were bad movies. We're, like, we're we're not good movies. Like, period. In my opinion, we are now 20 years later, give or take. The expectations are a lot more than they were then. And, like, we've already talked about it. Those movies were rushed by design to create a universe very quickly and, like, do all that stuff. We're so much further than that 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 this movie could have not happened. And that's why this stuff kind uh, of gets
3: really disappointing.
7: And that's the frustrating thing about it. It's like you basically had two decades of lessons learned of fan reaction, of just commentary, looking at other films that you've done. There's so many variables that led up to this movie that you could have applied, and you just didn't.
0: I mean, let me take that a step further, Paris, like to to put your words into like a little bit more reality, like Star Wars. Like this happened. We had Force Awakens, which was what this movie is semi-pretending to be for the first half, which is just, Mm. we're just going to give you exactly what you remember, but, like, modernize. We're not going to fuck it up. We're just going to do that thing. And then Last Jedi happened and was divisive, to say the least. And then Rise of Skywalker was just a fuck you to Last (laughs) Jedi fans. And that's really all that it was. (laughs) was, So what that did was was, it made a lot of people happy as, like, you know what, none of this fucking matters. Fuck this. Or it made a lot of people upset. Being like, this all sucks. But at the end of the day, no one's really happy. <laughs> like
3: no, the right. people
0: that were stoked yeah. on Rise of Skywalker didn't love it. I'm talking about at least the people on our team. Mm-hmm. They didn't love the movie. They just loved the fact that it said "fuck you" to the thing they didn't like. So th- where we're at with this movie is it's like you're acting like your commentary on Force Awakens, but at the end of the day, you're just Rise of Skywalker.
3: Yes, I think
7: oh, that's, yeah. a, that's oh, yeah. a good way to put it. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities there um then
2: they go hey does trinity have to take the red pill because neo had to take the red pill and they're like no nah, no nah, trinity good she doesn't have to take the red pill no nah, like, oh, it's okay. fine
4: we're gonna we're gonna hop like swap it we're gonna yeah. hop swap it so we're gonna transfer with her us.
2: consciousness onto, onto this laptop as another person and the only person who can do that is bugs because we have to have something for um her to do further rest mm-hmm. of this movie, otherwise she has literally nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the analyst, of course, is like, uh, killed Sati's parents. She's got to have a reason for her to want to be doing this. And then Naomi's like, wait, you knew all this shit the whole time? Why didn't you tell me? And the only thing we threw at could think of to come up with was, she was like, oh, that might have been a mistake. My bad. I should probably I probably should have told you Neil was alive. My bad. If you're mad at that, I apologize. And it's like, oh, that so doesn't go long, a long enough way to explain that, but whatever. Again, we're just writing this bad boy as a train. The, the plane's already left the fucking station, if you know what I mean. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think we're like maybe a quarter of the way through this movie now. Lexi stops in. <laughs> to ask if, uh, no, no, we're he, like
4: halfway. So no, we're at, the, we're at
2: the end. We're almost yeah, there it is. Uh, Lexi stops. I know. Lexi stops and asks uh, if she was wrong for believing in Trinity. Uh, and he says, she says, what if we're too late? What if she's not Trinity anymore? And then Neo says, I never believed I was the one, but she did. She believed in me. It's my turn to believe in her. And that that line hits. I love that line. Uh, Neo heads back into the Matrix to free Trinity while Sati operates on Trinity's body so she can transfer her consciousness to bugs to bypass why. I have no idea. I can't remember why they needed to do this, and I didn't bother to go back. I'm sure there was one line of exposition as to why they needed to do this. Uh Nia walks back into Joe and the Juice and the Fi Dai, and the, and the analyst is waiting there for him with a team of agents and says, hey, if she tells me – he says, if she tells me she uh, she she doesn't want to leave, you win. Uh, but if she wants me, then you'll let us go free. That's, and he says, as an incentive, if you don't agree to this deal, uh, my crew upstairs will just unplug me and you won't get anything. I'll just die. And he goes, all right, fine. Trinity comes in. Uh, they give him the space and uh, tells Neo uh, she she's like, this was my dream. This is the thing I was talking about. And they sit down and have a little chat. She says, uh, there's a part of me that feels like I've been waiting my whole life for you. And that part of me is like, what the hell took you so long? And then fucking Chad and those kids come in. <laughs> and they tell her, uh, he says, what? oh, my God, you got to come with me. One of the kids broke their arm. And, and she looks at Neo, and she says, it's too late. And he says, I understand. And Chad tries to walk out, and he's like, come on, Tiffany. Tiffany, let's go. And the agent starts to take Neo, and he's about to shoot him in the head. And Trinity looks back, and Chad just keeps on fucking hounding her, man. He just keeps on calling her Tiffany. And he grabs her arm, and he goes, Tiffany. He keeps and she looks,
3: calling her Tiffany.
2: <laughs> and, he, and she looks at him, and he goes, Tiffany, you have to come with us. Tiffany. And she looks at him, and she goes, I wish you would fucking stop calling me that. My name is Trinity, and if you don't take your hands off me – I'm going to fuck you up right now. I can't remember what she said. You better take your hands off me, I think is what she says. Uh, And, man, say what you will about the rest of this movie. (laughs)
3: Let
2: me read this line the right way. I wish you would fucking stop calling me that. My name is Trinity, and you better take your hands off me. Worth the two and a half hours. I
3: oh, mean,
2: not exactly. a is a rock star. She kicks oh, ass. This That one moment, I was like that. I but again,
0: that I hard. said this earlier, Trinity is the plot. Trinity is not a character in this movie. And that is what I, I really yes. dislike about this. It's like, it was all about this moment. And this moment feels more tied to Neo than it does to her actually doing anything or being anything in this movie. And Nick, you saying like, oh, it should have just been from her perspective from the beginning possibly, you know, maybe that would have helped, uh, at least for me, like what I took away from this. Was this moment as hype as fuck? Yeah, it was.
2: I mean, I just think it would have been interesting, right, to have her be like, the whole point of her journey then, to be like, oh, they found me, I have to help free Neo because he's the one, but then at the end of the movie, she realizes she was the one. Right? That was that was that real journey. That could have been cool. And I just like Carrie Ann Moss. I would have loved to have seen more of her in this movie. I think she was wildly underutilized Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, but she just... Fucks Chad's shit up into next Tuesday, man. And calls for Neo, to which he responds, Trinity! And then everything explodes, and everything starts going crazy. And the analyst freezes time again. And he goes, listen, I know I told you we had a deal, but I'm, I'm going back on that bad boy. I can't let you do that. But then Smith intervenes. Uh, for some reason, he's immune to this bad slow-mo effect. I wish I was. <laughs> he punches the analyst in the face, sends him over <laughs> the bar, and everything snaps back into chaotic slow-mo. Uh, Bugs gets jacked in from the bypass and fights with... Slash as Trinity and Trinity, and the echo effect that the Instagram filter pops out. Uh, then they unjack Trinity and transfer her consciousness with a cool effect. Anyway, uh, freeing her mind for a moment, she feels she has like this weird, cool glow and like punches like Neo. And it's like, oh, she's the one. That's pretty cool. Uh, Trinity and Neo fight the horde of agents back, uh, and finally embrace blasting everything into smithereens. Very powerful moment there. At least it would have been if the movie had been good. Smith shoots the analyst to pieces and then pieces out. And he's like, my journey here ends, my friend. He's like, wait, you don't need to kill me? You just need to kill like that? Why don't you just kill the analyst the whole time? You have the power. You're literally – like the analyst literally can't do what he do. Why don't you just go to his house and kill him? Um, He says, you know the difference between you and me, Tom? Anyone can be you, whereas I've always been anyone, everyone. <laughs> and he shakes back into the the barista, and the guy's like, "What's happening right now?" He's like, <laughs> really "Oh, you it. did a, out of it like this. You did all this. <laughs> you killed all these people, man. <laughs> now get back there and make me a sinew latte, Tim." Everyone on the planet is apparently a bot, and they all got activated. Shepard, <laughs> as he walks out again, proving he's the least interesting character in here, is like, "Oh, this is not good." And like, can you please just deliver that line a little bit more melancholy? Because that's how I'm feeling right now. I don't want to watch rest this movie, and you don't seem like you want to be in this anymore. Uh, ever since he asked Neo if he could still fly, and Neo goes, hold on, I think I can. And then for a second, tries comically to do it, and then he goes,
3: yeah, that's not happening.
0: Yeah, I, honestly, it was maybe like 30 seconds ago, Nick, of you reading the plot, that like was the moment for me that this movie just took a dive. like mm-hmm. A dive into, I actively don't like this. It went from... I'm in. I'm actually kind of liking it to, you
2: know, I'm not really vibing with this. So here I am. I Mm -hmm. don't like this anymore. Mm -hmm. Very bad. Uh, Trini slides in and takes off with Neo on her Ducati, leaving the entire team behind Uh, I guess but they're fine because they get in a car Journey and Neo race on the streets of SF and Neo does a force field a bunch of times and it's cool and then 19 times later spoilers not that cool anymore Uh, Mm -hmm. then the bots get activated and start throwing themselves out the window like uh, the cars from another movie that shall not be named that was better than this
3: Fate of the Furious baby let's go
2: somebody literally watched they are like you know we should do should have that scene from Fate of the Furious and then the other person was like we're going to steal from a Fast and the Furious movie (laughs) from the (laughs) eighth one is that (laughs) how low we've got This this is the low we could possibly get at this point. Uh, let's oh, see. I, mean, I know. Dude. Uh, they hit the ground. I do like how they affect the when they hit the ground and smash into, like, green gooey code. That was kind of cool. Uh, everyone gets in trouble, so Bugs decides to jack in and sees like, I can get you in, but I don't know if I can get you out. I was like, we don't need that line. Uh, she goes in and then, uh, they go over to the people that are being killed. Uh, excuse, excuse sorry. The bots whore Neo and Trinity into a kill zone. Thankfully, Neo has that cool force skill generator's hands that he uses every five seconds. Lex and Bird get overrun. Thankfully, Bugs and Morpheus just kind of shoot the bots off their car. And that's it. Uh, that was the whole point of that's literally like, I think the last time we see. These two characters in this movie. Yeah. Anyway, Neo and Trinity head up to the top of the tall building, and I, uh, let's see. Uh, and I think we're gonna get. Oh, they walk into the lobby. and I'm like, oh, cool. We're gonna get a cool lobby scene like that first lobby scene with them kicking ass. uh No, Neo just stops the bullets, and they walk into the elevator. Uh, no, be too hard. Be, you could tell someone was like, ah, that's gonna take at least another day to plan. We don't, we don't want to do yeah. yeah. No,
0: and honestly, like that, that is such a, a choice. Like they did that. They they knew they were playing with our expectations, mm-hmm. and they literally just said. No, Mm -hmm, take this. Take this. Like the lobby scene. The Matrix lobby scene. Iconic. I have downloaded so many different videos off of Kazaa, Mm -hmm. and the Matrix lobby scene was probably the most accessible
2: one to watch with my parents. You know what
0: I mean? But I did it. I did that shit.
3: Know.
2: Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, ones were dirty. Uh, Neo and Trinity get to the roof, and a helicopter starts shooting at them. And uh, we get that same shot that we had in the first movie, where we see the shells dropping toward the camera from underneath the helicopter. And it was a cool shot in the first movie. You know what? Still a cool shot. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, but of course, Neo instead of doing anything fun, just kind of the, just just kind of stops, like blocks the shells the, or the, the bullets with uh, his force power, and then uh neo then then the helicopter's like well he can block bullets so i'll just shoot a missile at him but then a second helicopter pops up mm-hmm. and as he sh- as the helicopter the second helicopter shoots the missile at him and he takes it and he diverts it to the first helicopter and then i think it blew up the first helicopter so badly that the, helicopter, the second helicopter is like let's just stop for a second and go to starbucks does that sound good to yeah. everyone because mm-hmm. they leave for a good five minutes and then neo and trinity wake up and they see a divine light in the sky as the sun comes up and Neo says, it's beautiful. Or Tunis says, it's beautiful. I remember this. I remember us. And she and. Uh, I and can't Neo believe they Grace. didn't show a flashback there.
3: Yeah. Right. You, you would have thought, the thought when, when they would be. Like mm-hmm. I,
2: I swear to God, this entire
0: thing is just Lana like yeah. fucking with everyone. Yeah. Because, like the fact that they trained us this entire movie that any we reference something, you're gonna see a flashback, and then you don't hear. I was like, oh man, like you're trying to anger me now. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> uh, Trinity and Neo kiss, and it's everything. And she says, "My dream ended here." And then an agents start busting through the door down the staircase, and the clock starts ticking. And she says, "We can't go back now." And he says, "We," or, she says, "We can't go back." And he says we won't. And Neo takes her hand and together. They decide to jump and, and then C's like, Can they make that jump? And we're like, Probably not. Uh and they start and sure stop as hell. You right
3: mm-hmm.
0: out. According mm-hmm. to Star Keanu Reeves and anyone that was on Twitter uh before the pandemic, uh the spectacular tandem leap with Carrie Ann Moss from Star from San Francisco's forty four Montgomery Street building was mostly accomplished without CGI for that Get out of here. Even though the building's officially 43 stories high. They had to climb a further two or three floors to reach the rooftop. The pair made the jump as many as 20 times over a two-day period with body descender cables attached. I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was so many Twitter clips of people literally just with their phones like shooting up as we saw Keanu
2: Reeves and Carrie Moss jumping off a building. (laughs) That's unbelievable. Uh, I'm going to look this up when we're done.
3: Oh, but, i already got of course, it, I've
4: got it.
2: Thank like, you. The, you got, the, the fall uh, goes short, uh, and together they fall
3: until Trinity. Well, that's insane. Oh, that's Can you imagine? I can't. know. That's, that's terrifying. terrifying.
0: <laughs> and I mean, like, I, I just, I hate even to say it. But there's nothing less cool than seeing Neo limp dick just being
2: held up. <laughs> <a> limp
3: dick. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, holy shit.
2: I mean, it very much is not a lot of thematic revel. It's like impotency here uh, for sure. But I like it only because I love Trinity and I think like, hey, why not? She's, I mean, that made sense to me that she, anyone could be the one. And, they, and Neo just believed that she was the one so she gets to be the one. That's how it goes, right? Uh, but... <laughs> It's fucking weird. Anyway, it's only way weirder by the fact that he goes, I'm not doing this. Are you doing this? And she's like, fuck yeah, I'm doing this. And then then apparently the second helicopter got done with Starbucks drive through because it comes back. Uh, And then Trinity stares the helicopter down and says, bye, and they take off into the air. And they wake up in the real world and they give each other a little smoochy smoochy with their shaved head. And then uh, we cut to Trinity flies over to see the analyst, and she just kicks his jaw off, and it's terrifying. She's like, you, that was for you my that fucking kid. That looks so painful. It was, it yeah. was crazy. Uh, <laughs>
4: she's,
2: it, it, she says, they're going to be uh, making some changes on, from here on out, uh, but he's not worried because at the end of the day, he knows that sheep will want to be controlled, and Trinity and Neil laugh at him. He says, we're not here to negotiate anything. We're on our way to remake your world. Change a few things. Uh, But before we get started, we decided to stop by and thank you. You gave us something we could never have had before. Another shot. Uh, Then uh, they fly away as a, we'll just say, interesting cover. Good work. Good work. Rage Against the uh, Machine's Wake Up is played by a band called Brass Against. uh, And then Neo and Trinity together fly away uh, toward the camera. Similarly, how Neo flew away in The Matrix 1. Tim, do you know who Brass Against is? I, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, do not. So my only touchstone for Brass Against was that their lead singer made headlines about a month and a half ago or two months ago for urinating on a fan during a concert.
3: Oh! Holy shit! i that video.
2: That is Brass Against.
0: Huh. You know what? Put this movie number one, baby. Let's go. That changes
3: everything. Yes. <laughs>
2: um, wow. Just, and it's funny because I actually like that band. I just do not like this cover I
3: mean,
2: there. No. I, like, I like the con. I mean, the band is all brass. like brass instruments. How am I not going to like it? Of course, you know. That, that video was shocking, though. Like, I didn't understand what was happening. Thing. Yeah. She well, looks like she's a lot space. of water.
3: I,
0: okay. Yeah. Look, there's a lot that needs to be broken down here. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, if you want to, it is NS. FW search for brass against look up this video that we're referring to yes it involves someone pissing on a man's face uh having said all of that I am blown away on so many metal levels so this movie succeeded because I did not realize that that woman that peed on that man's face was part of a brass band Mm -hmm. you're Mm -hmm. trying to tell me Nick that that concert
2: that they were at is a bunch of trumpets there's from, I watched the video that they did for the for wake up, and it's a it's a whole brass section. They also have woodwinds, of course, not just brass. Or <laughs> they have
3: woodwinds, of course. Uh,
2: and they've got, <laughs> but then they also have like a drummer, and then they have like some guitarists and stuff like that. But yeah, if you listen to the song again, it's mostly just like brass instruments. And, like, wow, it sounds like a high school marching band version of wake up. It's very You funny. know what? I,
0: I'm won over on that element, but not not the rest of the end of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there so there you, know. you go. There you go, Nick. Great job. Great job. Thanks, God, Thanks
2: for, for joining spot. us today. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you. Uh-huh. Now we're gonna do a little thing I like to call ragu bagu. Da 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 da. Ragu.
2: Da 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 da. Bagu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Rad Guys Talk Bad Guys for the Matrix. Man, I just almost... I got so many that just say John Wick ragu bagu, and I just want to pull that bad boy up because I'd much rather be talking about that series soon. Very soon. Um, Delayed so, now. Over a year. So oh, not damn, soon not at, at all. Soon.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, number one, we have Agent Smith and the Machines. Number two, Agent Smith, the Merovingian, and the Architect. And number three, Agent Smith and Deus Machina. Uh, what, where do we want to put the I, analyst? I, th-
4: I think it's better than uh, Agent Smith and the uh, – what was the second
2: one? Uh, Agent Smith, the Merovingian, and the Architect?
4: Yeah, I think it's better than the Architect. But that's because The Architect was a bad bad, uh, antagonist, in my opinion. Really bad. Mm. And and the baby face was fucking weird. I'm going to go number three. I think it's better than Revolutions.
0: I think it's better than the many Agent Smiths or whatever they were trying to pull off there. Um, I do think I'd put it above The Merovingian because it was so underdeveloped and reloaded. Like It was such a cool idea, and they kind of whiffed it. And the architect is a similar thing where it. Like, that was – could have been cool, but, like, it really wasn't. Whereas with this, I kind of – I liked elements of what they were building with the analyst. I think that none of them were good except for the first one. Yeah. So I, I would put this at number three.
3: I think it should be –
4: Deadline. I think it should be... – <laughs> no, I, I think, should... I think that, that certain moments are acted better – than uh, the the like overall failures as a, as an antagonist, so I
2: I would put it as number
4: two.
2: I'll I'll side with Tim on this and I'll put it number three only because I love NPH and I can't stomach putting him dead last. Sorry, Paris, I see your perspective on it. No, but I
3: just, I'm like, gonna watch I, it. I
2: have
7: to run. go I have to go dead last because ultimately, and I love him too, but it just he was just a parody. Yeah. really. And, and when I think about the Merovingian, I was left wanting more of the Merovingian. And the architect, reflecting back now, looking back at it now, he was just very analytical and logical. But what he was saying was, was kind of fascinating in a way. So, yeah. But, but,
0: what about, so you're saying, but now you're jumping, you're jumping from two to four here, Paris. Like, what's up with Smiths from Revolutions? Oh, but
7: but you know what? I kind of like them. Uh, Yeah, yeah. there you go. (laughs) I kind of like the baby face.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Either way, Uh, the ranking goes, Nick. Uh, I'm sorry. The ranking goes, number one, uh, Smith and the Machines. Number two, the Merovingian, uh, Agent Smith, and the Architect. Number three, the Analyst. Number four, Agent Smith.